This is a top to uh, you know what we use on stage, but it's very very special because if you can see, yeah, the numbers all go to eleven. Look right across the board, oh. eleven, oh, eleven, and most of eleven, and then amps go up to ten. Exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? It's not ten. You see, most most blokes, you know, be playing at ten. You're on ten here, all the way up, all the way up, yeah. all the way up. You're on ten on your guitar. Where can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere. Exactly. What we do is, if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know, what we do put it up to eleven. Eleven. Exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make ten louder and make ten be the top number and make that a little louder? He's going to eleven. And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that turns it up all the way to 11. It is. It's best film ever. <laughs> My name's Ian. I'm Liam. And I'm Ethan. And I'm Georgia. Look at oh, Ethan really jumping in with the end. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sorry. He's out of practice. When was the last time the four of us were together? Wow. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if I bring up previous episodes here, let's take a look because it's been a while. Uh, not the Muppets, nope. Uh, not the Town Reverend Bruce, uh, not Air Force One. Nope. Pan's Labyrinth. We all here for Pan. We were all here for Pan. No, yeah. I no. wasn't here for Pan. Ethan was here for Pan. Men in Black. Before. Yep. Yeah, I was there for that. Aha! Aha! All right. It's been a while. So now we're, we're, we're the gang's all back to we got the band back together. I obviously yeah. thought you were going to say I'm, I'm Ian, the singer. <laughs> oh, have I? I was going to go Liam. <laughs> maybe, maybe at the end we should go. If we, if, if we were a band, what would we all be doing? <laughs> what would we all be doing? So there we go. Um, much like. Much like Spinal Tap, we've charted places around the world this hey, week. So nice. let's jump in there really quickly. Uh, by the way, welcome to episode number 135. This is Spinal Tap. Uh, we charted this week in here at home in Great Britain, in Ooh. Canada, Hello. in Australia, yeah. in South Korea, in India, in Pakistan, and number 27. Sorry, it was 25. It was 25 yesterday. In the Netherlands. Hey. Ooh. That's cool. Netherlands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Denmark. I don't know. So thank you very much. And it, whether you, that's just the Apple stuff. So wherever you listen to us, anywhere, all around the world, uh, thank you so much. It's uh, it's Spread always mind boggling to think that there's people yeah. out there choosing us. Yeah. People don't have enough time in their day. We don't. We're all busy, busy people. And the fact that some people choose to spend some of it listening to us and what we think about movies and talking about, you know, our dynamic as a group. Mm-hmm. That's humbling. So thank you very much. Yeah. It is like a band, isn't it? It's like it's yeah. It's it like we got a. It's like we we're, we're we're band with a with a, a little indie band that no one's heard of with with, <laughs> with 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 a growing but dedicated fandom. Absolutely. Yeah. There we go. Thank you very much. Uh, other stuff we've done recently. I just want to bring this up because there's a lot of it that's actually in the can right now. Um, we did last week. We did the Muppets. We did. Yeah. The Muppets, which did very well. Yeah. Had a great yeah. first day. And a pretty f- strong first week overall. Strongest ah, in a while. Waka waka waka. Yeah, <laughs> I-, I thought it was going to be. Um, I thought it was going to be not nearly as loved as it- as it's been with the download numbers. So thank you everybody for listening to the Muppets. Yeah. Uh, we also uh, we released our first BFE off script. Yeah. BFE goes off script. So uh, it's up there. Give that a listen if you're so inclined. We were just sort of. Uh, we just turned the mic. We literally turned the mics off with no format sheet and nope. said, "All right, <laughs> just, just ramble." It and goes places. It's, it's, it's amazing how outside of that initial 30 seconds, 
where it was like, what do we, we're fine the rest of <laughs> the rest of the hour and 25 minutes. No issues. No. If Ethan was here, we would have gone for, for, for three hours. Three hours. Maybe three days. And just because it's that many more places, conversations would have <laughs> up going. More rabbit holes. going on. Yeah. Um, then we've also uh, had... Oh, what else? We got a BFE quiz night. That's in the can. That'll be dropping uh, this coming Friday. We've Ooh. got a BFE Cinematic Council podcast. Uh, I, I called the council to order. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to put that out. It might be a special bonus Sunday episode, or I might just save it another, another week. We'll, we'll sort of see how that goes. Nice. So lots of content coming from the BFE. So keep your eyes, your ears, but more importantly, your podcast description open. <laughs> yeah. Because that's going to be a lot better than seeing, looking or trying to listen to it. Um, there we go. Uh, as always, first thanks go to our our patreon backers our friends of the podcast who help keep keep the figurative lights on i've got the lights off today because it's very hot (laughs) very hot the lights are on the road it's fine it's not because the patreon backers have let us down in any way nope (laughs) no we're choosing to turn the lights off on this one except for on the road as georgia said because that's important that that needs to go and liam i I really i remember last time you were all oh because i had it off something else you couldn't see the 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 screen there we talked about red versus green didn't we yeah we did yeah yeah i'm gonna do i'm gonna do for the patrons a little a little a little video thing where See, so they can see kind of the setup here at the, <laughs> the studio, studio of awesomeness. awesomeness yeah it's gonna take out a very ironic touch once they realize <laughs> that <laughs> that the magic happens there yeah wow. that's it it sounds it's people might look and go for the setup it sounds a whole lot better than i would imagine yeah yeah that's down to our technical genius. Though, you know, all the things yeah. they say you should do, <laughs> all the things they say you should do, we don't, I haven't done any of it. Like, there's no, like, soundproofing on the walls where, like, no. my voice literally directs itself at a wall. At us. So it should bounce we off and into my, because I, his voice. yeah, I, I don't know, we, we, we've been blessed and I'm very thankful that, uh, that the audio is as good as, it, as, as it does sound. Yeah. Um, but back to our Patreon backers, who I was starting to talk about before we did that, we want to thank Reverend Bruce, Julene, hey. Hermes, Hell yeah. Lena Oberholzer, Ooh, yeah. Katie McRae, yeah. Ensign Ian Davies, All right. Chris Peterson, Come on. Randall Silva, <laughs> yeah. Dwayne Smith, uh, Dwayne Smith, The Yeetmeister, <laughs> Nate the Great, yeah. Andy Dixon, All right. Cheesy, with a fish, fish on, on a bike. bike, woo, and oh. Holly, I forget Holly's surname, Callan. Uh, huh, Callan. Callan. Holly Callan. <laughs> yeah, come on. Always say I tried to give. I tried to give everybody that. Uh, like you know, on X Factor when it's near the end, and yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> on stage tonight will be diversity. <laughs> so imagine that big X Factor music in the background as I was doing that. I should do, actually. I should. I should. I should sort of work so off can, a piece of music in the background that yeah. I could sort of do that too. There's my we, we, job we for the next couple of weeks. Everybody, there we are. Yeah. Um, let's do some reflections and corrections. Oh, I'm interested in this bit. Uh, we got we a, had a bit of a heat debate last we week. We got to start by talking about a specific thing. So I want to make do. sure I'm on the right thing here. I am. Here we go. Ethan, you missed last week. Here's what yeah. you missed. And so he reveals himself, but of course the most Gonzo thing ever. He's got, he's got his cape on, the great Gonzo again. I've been and wearing he says, this for years. I've been wearing this under my suit for a year. <laughs> for years, not just years. for a year. For no, years, I, yeah. I will put money, but it says a year. I'm sure it's said, years. I thought he said years. Uh, we will look that one up. Because okay. I'm 100% sure it's a year. I'm with George. Why would it be a year? Because it's, it's finally getting to him. He's finally admitting to himself. 
No, I think he's just been—he's no. been hiding it all along. He's been wearing it the whole time. I look forward to next week. I'm George. I'm fine. We, we, you'll, you'll keep saying your part. I'll keep saying my part. <laughs> yeah. No one's going to go. Oh, you've committed. Nah, it's not going to happen. Uh, you know how I say, like, if people feel more sure about it than I do, I usually go, "Okay, I'm probably wrong." You know, you're 100 percent sure. This ain't one of those times. <laughs> this ain't one of those times. I'm 110. Yeah, me was Elaine Thompson though, and look someone, at that we got when. Someone's getting the yellow button next week. They that's are, all I'm saying. They are, they are. <laughs> just so we all remember what we said. <laughs> we do. We do. All right. For years. <laughs> yeah. you, have to, you have to look at me and get, be like, see what I know. I pro, I recorded them. I isolated them. I put them on the road. Absolutely. I know I'm wrong. So in that regard, I owe myself. There's a mistake. Thing I was screaming. You know, you said when someone seems more confident than yourself. Yeah. There's two people. Oh, that doesn't matter. No, no, no. <laughs> well, like, like I, I said, said in the clip, it's like that, that quiz time, and I was like, no, it's definitely Elaine Thompson. It was like, oh, no, is that what you were saying? That's not a Jamaican name. Is that what you were saying? I didn't yes. get the reference. I was even sitting here as it played back going, should I ask her on air? What that's a-? I'm like, who's Elaine Thompson? I don't get this. <laughs> Whoever it is, she doesn't sound Jamaican, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> well done, you. Jamaican me crazy. Uh, here we are. Next up, uh, we've got... Uh, uh, so that was the first reflection correction. Uh, first time I played the mistake button, I think, in a, in a few weeks, actually. Oh, yeah. oh. It's amazing that when you guys aren't here, there's less mistakes that get made on the phone. <laughs> Regardless of the fact that it was me. You. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's your presence. You're distracting. Um, who owns the rights to Smells Like Teen Spirit? Oh, Courtney, Courtney, Courtney Love. No, we said Nirvana. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, Nirvana. So I looked it up, and well, I went... Courtney Love don't own it. That's right. I, I went ahead and looked it up. You're not right. You're not wrong. Oh, okay. She oh. does own the rights, but all three of them own the rights equally to that song. Oh, okay. So the songwriters for that one come down to the three of them. And I guess because they had two of them sign off on it. Oh, okay. That's the case. Yeah, she owns 98%. And of she the, will the, not. But I think oh. she sold that 98%, or at least Did she? sold a stake in that 98%. Okay. Yeah. Because she wouldn't allow it to be used for anything. Almost everything. So that's why you don't hear all apologies. Yeah, it's why yeah, you yeah, don't yeah, hear yeah. any of the other big nerve. It's why you don't hear lithium. lithium yeah. But it smells like Teen Spirit seems to pop up a fair bit. Yeah. It's because the three of them. Um, on the rights to that. You think about like all the versions that have been done and put on movies and things like that. Yeah, it always smells like Teen Spirit. It is. It's yeah. almost never the other ones. Yeah. So there we go. Wow. I just I looked it up. So it's not really a mistake. It was just no, me no, going. No. That's really interesting. I was yeah, sitting there going, yeah, yeah. "There's no way Liam's right about this." No, you, you, you very much were. But I was like, I'm really curious to know what the deal with that is. And yeah, it's just that the, the official songwriters are all three of them on that song, oh, which is okay. a real... And two of them outweigh the one. Yeah. I, I, I guess that's the way it works. That's yeah, the only yeah, thing democracy. I could sort of... Th- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got two thirds of the voting power. That, that That's enough. Yeah, yeah. So um, we got to say this as far as Ethan goes. Birthday, birthday. Woo, woo, woo. Hey. Hey. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> So uh, we, we determined you were, if you were a Muppet, if you were a man or a yeah. Muppet and we had to go Muppet, we determined you were Scooter. <laughs> he's my favorite. Oh, is he really? Is my f- he's my favorite <laughs> Muppet. I like, love Scooter so much. Like I instantly went, can we all just agree with Ethan Scooter? It was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely. <laughs> so happy birthday, buddy. Yeah, uh, thank I hope, you. hope you had a good one. We it was good. I went, I went to the zoo. Uh, you, you, you went to the zoo? Yeah, I went to the zoo, and they didn't. They didn't confuse you for one of the exhibits and try and put you. No, in at the I did end. get okay. lot. It was it was a lot. It was a lot of monkeys, which was great. And then I saw heathers, and then heathers, I watched. Wow. I my uh, my girlfriend's dad lives like twenty minutes away from Crystal Palace, so I got to just be in like a pub right next to Crystal Palace when Arsenal killed them. 
<laughs> That's Ethan's football for the rest of his life. As a, as a very mild Arsenal supporter, like they're my team. Yeah, yeah. But I oh, was it the first game of the season? That was the first game. Okay, of the season. so yeah, I was just saying. Why, I was just saying. I, I was just saying. I didn't even know what Arsenal played them. I'm like, hang on. I think it was the opening week. I think they did. So yeah. Yeah. So there they're we go. Doing well for once. Be, be prepared for Ethan's football punditry podcast coming at you soon. Yeah. I don't follow football, but I looked at the back of the paper today. And didn't Manchester United lose to some random... They lost to Brentford 4-0. Yeah. Whoa! Um, yeah, and the Who thing they? is, they're doing terrible because... They're in the, the Premiership, the, but that's what yeah. I'm saying. Well, they're I think, Ars- I, I think Arsenal lost to them last year. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. When, when, when Arsenal lost their first three last year, I think, yeah. they were, I think they were the first one. I think it was game one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But so, no, they well they bench Ronaldo for the first match because they're they're angry that he wants to leave and they're doing terrible. <laughs> yeah, we are. I'll tell you who's not doing terrible though, and I think George was trying to segue, but I wanted to give Ethan a bit more time for his birthday. So <laughs> go ahead. Uh it is Ian Davies' birthday on Saturday. This coming yeah. Saturday. So if you're listening to this on the day or the week of release, this yeah. coming Saturday is Ensign Ian Davies birthday. Yeah. Birthday, birthday, birthday. Hey. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Birthday, birthday. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> so there we are. Yeah. Uh, other things coming up here. Uh, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Says it's great to have Liam back. Oh, cheers, Aww. buddy. That was for last week because you'd been away for a couple of weeks. And yeah, thank you. We'll see if Dwayne mentions Ethan. <laughs> I bet you if I hadn't said that, he wouldn't have. <laughs> now now everybody will just like troll me by like saying how great it is to have Ethan back. <laughs> Hermes was already halfway through his tweet when I said that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I want to mention something I forgot to do last week. It's just something I wanted to, because I even said to you guys, hey, do you see this shot in the car when the Muppets are all in the car and it's full? Yep. And you've got um, Amy Adams One and side. Jason Siegel yep. in the back of the car. Yep. What I wanted to mention was they're actually muppeteering several of the Muppets at that wow. point. Whoa. That's why you can't see their hands. I yeah. thought Georgia would like that part because yeah. I think it's never one of those sort of life things just to go. That's a big deal of respect, too, to go, well, we'll let you that's sort of. incredible. Yeah. yeah. So I just thought that was something I wanted. Yeah. So that's something wow. I wanted to make sure that we, that we brought up. Yeah. Uh, also, what was really funny, I was telling you guys beforehand this, we had Reverend Bruce on. Oh, I'll skip ahead. Last week when we did the Muppets, um, we were trying to figure out, I was trying to explain where, where Chris Cooper was from. And I mentioned American Beauty. And not for one moment did I mention the town, <laughs> which we'd literally done the week before. And what's even funnier, if you consider during the town, I went, oh, it's Chris Cooper. He's from the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I completely blanked. Like, I don't know. I just talk too much, I guess. Sorry, you're talking too much. <laughs> Oh, you're sorry. I'm, you're sorry that I'm talking too much. I'm sorry, buddy. Don't be sorry. Uh, I won't be sorry. Okay, people I'm over in, it. People tune in for you. People do not tune in for they me. Do. I'm going to do this now. I was going to do it a little bit later, but this is the perfect. People are tuning in for Georgia on your Woo! next favorite movie. Woo! Go Georgia. Talking about Tangled. Yeah. And getting the Great Twitter movie. sphere all a Twitter about what's oh, the better movie, Frozen tangled or Tangled. They're not entangled in that argument because T- Tangled's destroyed it as it should. I'm not a yeah, huge fan yeah. of necessarily either. I-, I like Tangled as the birth of the modern sort of Disney age. Yeah. And yeah. I think the highlight, I think the highlight is Moana, but I think Tangled is the key turning point that gets you there. It's nice. It's the, it's the first. It's the first one, but it's also, yeah. it's also a really strong one. Yeah. yeah. So if build- I'm listing them, Moana's at my top, but Tangled's like right, is like right there. I say, yeah, there's a lot of love for Moana building like the water 
um, graphics and those sorts of things, but they have to build new hair graphics for Tangled. No. So like, it's, it's massive. Uh, it I massive. listened to your episode. I heard you say that, yeah? yeah. So uh, that's your next favorite movie. And Ethan. That's uh, me. The day that we're dropping this, Ethan's going to be on there talking about Chef. Wow. Yeah, chef. That's on a short list. Like chef's one that I've never seen, but I, I feel like we're gonna do in the pot at Ethan some point. Ethan goes on about this as much as you go on about um, prestige. Yeah, really? Yeah, you think so? yeah, yeah, yeah. What? I mean, you, it definitely I is his one. Like, 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 yeah. I will never pick <laughs> chef yeah. because I figure that's Ethan's one. He's got in the chamber, so yeah. I'm gonna leave that be. When Ethan wants to bring it, Ethan will bring it. But I'm very yeah. excited for whenever he does. Yeah. As I almost destroyed my computer. I think it has to. It, it's technically a world cup because it's like seventy six percent. Does Chef not qualify? Yeah. It's, wow. It's, I, I'm going to double check. Wow. I, I thought his Rotten Tomato score was was, was 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 considerably higher than that. Chef's this great metaphor where uh, basically um, is it John Favreau? It's John Favreau kind of talking using the idea of working for a big restaurant mm-hmm. and then quitting to open his own food truck, and he sort of mirrors that with the idea that he was in the MCU. Uh, and he quits mm. that to go make like you know small independent movies. Oh, cool. So the, the whole thing's a metaphor for for the filmmaker's journey. Yeah, 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 but you're still yeah. creating something out of things you love, and you need to get back to that place where you love it, and not just because of outside big corporate forces. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I'm really really intrigued to actually see it someday. Eighty-seven percent. Told I you. Wrong. Told yeah. you. <laughs> so I, I get to push this one because I pushed yeah. the other one earlier. So <laughs> but I got to set it up because I got to switch banks. No, it's so. on the right one. Am I on the right one? Yeah. Acknowledge me. Thank you. In the process of trying to hit the acknowledge me, I was making several mistakes. <laughs> There's a mistake. Acknowledge Think me. I thought Georgia could have... I didn't push the button there. Georgia is. I Georgia could have gone, I helped him. <laughs> no. I'll tell you what. I was doing the quiz the other day. <laughs> and as I'm doing the quiz, um, I'm getting messages from Carlo, who's watching the quiz. Right. That we're dropping. He was watching on our Facebook page. Yeah. And whenever I had questions like, is that how you do that? I'm not sure if that's how you do that. I'd get ping and it'd be a message from uh, from Carlo going, yes, it's exactly how you do that. And I'm like, oh, this is great. I said, this is the kind of help I wished I was getting from Liam and Georgia sometimes <laughs> where I look at them and I say something and I go back. And I'm like, oh, you're looking at, oh, no, you're looking at something totally different right now. Thank you very much. Things are. That wasn't me either. So there we go. Uh, let's keep going on. Uh, Ian Davies said, great episode. I really love this film. Top of the Muppets. Never got into watching the sequel as I can't stand Ricky Gervais. I'll tell you this. I watched the first episode of Afterlife yesterday. Mm. I think it's got me coming back for an episode too. Do you know what? I think he's he's great when he does heart-rendering stuff. And this is heart-rendering stuff. So I think you should give him... I always say to people, if it's somebody you don't like, like a band or a person, there's going to be something about them you will like. Yeah. And there'll be one song you like out of a band, even if you don't like them. And Ricky Gervais, same with his stand-up. I like his stand-up. You know, he's he's pretty much on the nose yeah. with stuff. He's just brave enough to call it out. I don't like him as a sitcom writer or actor. I don't like him as a as, as oh, a film writer. I don't of, like him as an actor, but no. I mean... But no, but this this I get. This is real. Yeah. Woo! So I'm looking Fun forward to stuff. it. Looking forward to it. I say to people, go watch it. Uh, moving on, we've got... Uh, we already talked about Best Month Ever 2, Best Month Boogaloo. Uh, I will say that I did get reference, I believe, that Georgia had the shortest episode time of these four episodes that have come out. 
Oh, okay. And then I think it's Liam, but I don't think there was much in it between Liam and Georgia. It's just a few seconds that separate the two of you. Then it's Ethan. And then if you can believe this, I believe I talk the most in my episodes. Really? No. You're trying to get back at me for overtaking you and Carlos. I think Carlos, your raw runtime was longer. I think he told me my my finished end time is longer just because I think he cut out some of yours. Or it's the opposite way. Or he he cut out a lot of uh, one or two. I could have talked more about staying alive. Well, um, you know what they say about small packages so just saying see we're little small packages anyway let's do some shout outs shall we (laughs) oh sorry i thought you were doing a segue for me my bad i I thought you were doing that that help thing i was talking about a minute ago uh, you're probably going to bring it up i mean everyone's probably screaming at the the podcast about the living in john thing i do have it later on yeah um we can do it now though do you want to talk about Living in John for a couple minutes? Yeah, is that yeah. okay? No, it's fine. So it, it is in my notes to, to, to sort of do that. But yeah, Living in John passes. Um, my first thought was Liam, <laughs> naturally. As was everybody's. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot yeah. of people going, Liam, how you doing? Um, I was at work. And I was serving people <laughs> at work as my phone going ping, 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 ping. And I was like, what the hell? So I look. And all of a sudden I go, what? And a lady go, what's wrong? I went, I don't know how I feel, really. She went, what, what's up? I went... Olivia and John just passed away. She was like, oh, my God. She said, no, what you mean? And we had a moment, me and this lady. And, uh, and then I couldn't focus on work. And I was just like, I, I kind of knew in the back of my mind it was coming. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that was my response when it happened. But it was, it weren't like, but, you know, she was, her and Michelle Pfeiffer are the two people that I've adored since I was eight nine ten eleven do you feel you compartmentalize these celebrities to that time though so living in john yeah you've seen her getting older but in, in in your sort of thought process she's always sandy age oh yeah of course yeah yeah, yeah. well uh, see that's the thing i don't know if the of course because for, for, for me i don't do i that. mean i followed her and everything but of course i always i watch greece religiously yeah. you know like i'm watching it again next week you know so in an open air venue place like 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 i remember when michael jackson died i was at work for that but I went upset by that. I was like, well, that was shocking to me, though, because I wasn't expecting that. No. Olivia and John, like, I wasn't like, oh, I was expecting this, but I was thinking 73. Yeah. I was thinking cancer survivor. Yeah. I was thinking, okay. Um, Steve Irwin was the... really Steve, Steve Irwin was, was really oh, surprising. Oh. I mean, Heath Ledger. You know oh, what I mean? Like, yeah, you talk yeah, about yeah, some big yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for Chad me... Bozeman. I mean, for, for me, a big... Oh, Chadwick Boseman's an interesting one, because yeah. for me... A big one was maybe a similar thing. Roddy Piper was sick in the 60s. He was a cancer survivor. This is the wrestler Rowdy Roddy yeah, Piper. Yeah, yeah. And he just died one day. I mean, everybody just dies one day. But you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, but it wasn't like you heard about his name in the press or anything like that. He just, he just died. And even though he was in the 60s and a cancer survivor, that one threw me a bit. Because I guess... Some, but I guess the difference, in a sense, would be wrestlers tend to... They, they really just play one role their, their whole careers. Mm. They play this exaggerated version of themselves. Yeah, and they're always that person. Olivia Newton-John gets to be Sandy, but then she also gets to be whoever she is in Xanadu. I should just get props for knowing she was in Xanadu. <laughs> well done, <you. laughs> and she's you know let's get physical. That music video, like there's some very specific sort of thoughts I have yeah. about who she was. Um, but it is interesting when you're, I bring up Roddy Piper because it's it's weird when your childhood heroes, yeah, go. I think, I think it reminds us of our own mortality. You know, maybe. when you when you hear George and Ethan will find out about this years oh, no. later. <laughs> Mine was Elizabeth Sladen. Who's that? Yeah, uh, Sarah Jane Sarah, Smith. Sarah Jane Smith from Doctor Who. I think also okay, though, yeah, Ethan, yeah. because they did because of that because of the TV show they did with Sarah Jane Smith as well. I think yeah. that got us more in our childhoods. <laughs> 
So I think I, that got us more in our childhoods because not only, I mean, I hadn't seen the original Doctor Who, so I only knew her from the TV show, but because I kind of had that legacy, you kind of go, oh. Like, I mean, obviously she doesn't look young in the TV show when they did it for the kids, but like, even so, it was still a massive, that was a massive part of me growing up because like, I think, mm. I'm similar to you, I only had like CBBC. So yeah. that was a big, that was a big deal. That was on like every week for a good, I think three or four years of my childhood growing up. So when she, yeah, yeah. when she passed, that was... That was a big deal, yeah. Uh, earlier today, I, I was reading the paper, and John Travolta has been saying quite a few bits. Yeah, I mean, and, they'll always be inextricably linked. Yeah, of yeah. course, right? And there was always that, did he, didn't he, you know, did they get together, you know? I, I, I prefer if it did they as opposed to did he. Did he sounds a little... Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, you know what I mean. I mean, words in the wrong way, but, you yeah. know, did they get together or didn't they off screen? Yeah. Um, did she put up a fight <laughs> oh god oh, no you're saying you're saying so many people are trashing on this way um and he said uh it almost happened between us a few times but it didn't sometimes life just offers you the wrong timing uh we had to leave it as dear friends r.i.p olivia but happily and we'll always have grease there you go you know so if you read the whole article it goes on about how um Yes, the chemistry was really there, and he made no qualms about how much he liked her, and she made no qualms about how much she liked him. She was like six years older than he was. Yeah, but yeah. they, they both liked each other, and they both said they were with somebody, and they're very loyal to who they were with, and they just wouldn't do it. Timing wasn't right. No, it wasn't right. Yeah. But even like years later, when they did other things together, and you know, released songs, and you know, done other movies together or movie. Um, they never did because they were always with someone else. Timing wasn't right. And the time wasn't right. Yeah. But that was okay. I mean, they, they, they made peace with that. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, there was a... It'd be kind of in bad form if he was like, yeah, I hit that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, not the time. Not yeah, the time. I know, I know, I know. But it, but it puts to bed, you know, what you... Bed. <laughs> the, all those thoughts you'd had, you know, did they, didn't they? Um but yeah, no, he's really respectful. I didn't. You know what? It's never once entered my mind. Oh man! Really? They're, they're actors in a movie. The chemistry you get on screen, and he made no bones back in the day about how much he um, campaigned for her to have that part. I think I think more of it when it's TV sitcoms, and they got to be a couple for a long time. Yeah. Ross and Rachel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Leonard and Penny, who 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 did have a relationship in real life. Um. Dexter and his sister. That sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> Not the characters. Exactly didn't. what you mean. The character, the the actors who played the characters of Dexter and his sister had a romantic relationship. It's weird. That is weird. Although they kind of wrote it, it's weird. Dexter got really weird by the end. Dexter was a strange show. Dexter, um, I didn't see I, the reboot. Yeah, I'm too scared to watch it. <laughs> Um, let's move on to our shout out. So, uh, kind of truncated this list. Yes, yes. Um, uh, Carlo for the love, Juline for the love, uh, Russell, the postie for the love. Uh, our off script thing we've just dropped. His idea. His idea. And he's been engaging with it. Well done. Shea Burgerfreund, who I think I found a kindred spirit because I kind of went on a rant about the crow. Where someone said, "What are people's thoughts about the crow? What did you Here give it out of ten? And I went six. It's DV, straight to DVD quality schlock that is only given its place in society due to its very tragic legacy. Still one of my favorite ever movies. That's that's okay. Yeah, and she agreed to me. So she's obviously very clever. Um, Clearly, um, you two have no idea what sh- a romantic <laughs> comedy <laughs> should be. How do you like your eggs? <laughs> Over easy. Oh, it can't rain every day. Um, 
the Holmes movie podcast who asked what the hot, the hottest of the hottest film. And by hot, they mean just temperature wise. So I went with one that actually ties into two things. It ties into, um, a, a movie that we've done on the pod and also ties into, I think an episode we did of a clear for takeoff. Mm. I said, cool hand Luke. Cool hand Luke. Sweatiest movie oh, ever made. Yeah. Which is the answer that, uh, Diane's, um, fiance to be gives the rest of the bar when they're debating in the first episode what's mm. the sweatiest movie ever made. Of course, cool. so I went, it's gotta be cool and Luke. And they went, that's a good shout. No, yeah, it is. You know what sweaty. else is a good shout? Kids' version of that film, Holes. That's a sweaty film. Oh, yeah. I think, wait, is it just a, a sweaty kids' film, or are you calling Holes a kids' version of Cool Hand Luke? Yeah. Oh, are you really? Yeah, that's basically what it is. Is it really? I've never seen Holes. I've never it's seen based, Holes. Oh, it's based on a book. Like, so the kids, like, Love literally are like, in like some sort of like it's like it, they call it like a summer camp type thing but it's not they're like literally they have to dig holes and they survive yeah. off of these like bottles of uh preserved like apricots or peaches i think it is and they learn that they can only eat the ones that haven't already smashed because the ones that are smashed are this that and the other yeah it's like okay very cool kids, kids cool hand luke yeah um who else do we have here oh here's one that i think everyone will appreciate cat canadian cat cat arnett which i will oh i have to push this button here again for myself uh, because yeah there's a mistake I think I made I did totally say she was from Canada last week on the podcast did, yep. <laughs> uh, so I just thought no one brought it up but I'm gonna I, I always own these things yeah, um, well I always go by the majority and let's just point out that a lot of people come from Canada a lot of musicians, sure. a lot of actors, a lot of whenever we do stuff. Our ratio of famous people in the American consciousness is like way above like our proportion. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Um, but uh, the, she said, you guys buried the lead last week. They canceled Mock the Week. And I said, yeah, they did. Yeah. And she said she feels like QI is on its way out. She was like, do you have any recommendations for British pan- comedy panel shows? And I went, do I ever? I attend does. Countdown. I said eight out of ten cats and yeah. ten cat, but more importantly, eight out of ten cats. It has to be political. She said no. She said eight out of ten cats says countdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. easily my, my first two, choice. Two, two things just mashed together. Uh, what was my second one? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I said a league of their own, but a league of their own is very good. When I like. It, when it's on. I quite like that. Yeah, I've um, seen it. I like Room One Hundred One. That's good. Uh, oh, Room One Hundred One's excellent. If you're listening, cat, yeah. very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, um, oh, I had. It. I've just. Lo- Would I lie to you? It's not bad. That's quite yeah, funny. It's, yeah, fun. it's not bad. They've got on. But I said without a doubt, it's not your typical. Here's three people and three people, and they're doing. Oh, I said. Um, um, was it something I said, which was a great one season only thing that was held, hosted by uh, Dave, uh, David. Rachel. Yeah, David Mitchell. Yeah. And good. Richard Iowade. And we're going out, out. What's that guy's name? Mickey Flanagan. Oh, okay. Our yeah. team captains. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah, all yeah. on YouTube, yeah. so it's really good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you, 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 George Randy, actually watched the first episode. It's got Jimmy Carr as a guest. I've never laughed so hard. I've never laughed so hard <laughs> at the first panel show. Don't laugh, though. No, but Richard, <laughs> Richard, Richard Iowade is paired up with jimmy Carr, and oh, it's God. like it's like it's like a dysfunctional <laughs> where, where jimmy keeps trying to get the joke and ayoade like refuses to sell for him that is who i channel with you sometimes episode one yeah. is the best of the six episodes they're all really good but episode one's by far the best okay i need to see this um but i said without a doubt the best british comedy panel show in my opinion i think it qualifies 
Taskmaster. I was going to say, yeah, just Taskmaster. Without doubt. Taskmaster yeah. is such, it, it's the best, it's the best of that mixed with like just lateral thing. You get the I've individual. Oh, Taskmaster? Yeah. So good. good. Oh, Taskmaster's great. I want to do like a Taskmaster night for the BFE. We'll I would love to. So the idea is that. Um, it's Greg Davies. You, yeah, you're, like Greg. So, so you're by yourself yeah. and you'll come outside and there'll be a challenge for you. Mm-hmm. And the challenge might be a task, if you will, yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> which you have to master. Which is, hey. So, so there might be a bucket, let's say at the end of my road. Yeah. And it says without using, with, with only one throw and your, your feet aren't allowed to leave a red carpet or a red mat. We've put on like right by my front door. Yeah. Using only one throw, get this as close as you can inside the bucket. Cool. You have 90 minutes. Wow. Starting now. So the question is, could you do any number of things? So, so the, fir- throw so, it, so the first it. thought is, I, I, I will roll it, or yeah. I will practice with a bunch of other devices, and then I will use the actual <laughs> beanbag. Yeah. Or what you might do Whereas my first is you might go, be, go in the house, go and find a pair of roller skates, skate to it, take the carpet with me, step back on the carpet, put it in the bucket. Or I'm going to like glue my <laughs> shoes to the carpet and I will drag myself with <laughs> my hands and then I'll just place it in the bucket. Yeah. yeah. Because so basically it's a game of carpet who's good burrito, at lateral yeah. thinking yeah, yeah, yeah. and who's not. And you always oh. have to play kind of edgy with the lines. I would, I would enjoy this. So you watch like four or five different celebrities do this at a time. Yeah, yeah. And then what happens is then they're all together with like Greg Davies on like, like the stage of like the panel show itself. And they all watch how each other did it. So the ones who made a complete dog's breakfast and just took a throw, (laughs) they have to sit there and go, (laughs) or if you make a mistake, like let's say you drag and all of a sudden like your shoe fell off and your feet aren't actually on it. (laughs) They'll let you celebrate and they'll go, you were the closest to go. Yeah. He goes, but, but this did, happened. But did we see something there? <laughs> <laughs> and they take it all away. And they care so much about these like points that, that, that don't matter whatsoever. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, Taskmaster is What's, an absolute. That sounds a lot of fun. And What's each the guy's episode? name who created it? What's his face? Oh, it's, it's next to Greg Davies. It's, all the it's, time. it's the guy. Yeah, uh, uh, little Alex Horn. Little, little Alex Horn. Horn. <laughs> who, 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 who is like six foot eight or something but, ridiculous? Oh, okay. And so no, he's, is Greg. No, he's like six two. And Greg Davies is like six eight. Uh, so in comparison uh, okay. to, to, to to Greg Davies, he is a little Alex Horn, but he keeps going. He keeps going. I am tall. And he's like so every 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 episode he like he treats him like he's smaller and smaller. Uh, smaller his chair is Yeah. So and each episode, and he's the they, guy who like wrote it. So like it's his idea, but he puts himself in like the whip in like the Ethan role, yeah, basically. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Let's be honest. You are the Alex Horn yeah. to my Greg. Oh, except for that. I'm except okay for you're not that. pulling the strings behind off off camera. That's what they all think. <laughs> they might plan the entire time. But no, so, each episode as well, they're like, you need to bring something in. And sometimes it's like some random new thing. Yeah. Or, or it'll be like, this is my family photo of the dog that passed yeah. away when I was seven and has so much emotion. But, and then like you lose it. Someone- because, because the first challenge is who brought the best prize. They yeah. get like a prize category to bring. It uh. might be like bring something that is the most famous or something, something really like abstract. And so if you do bring really the like happiest that. item you have, yeah. And so someone might, might bring a picture of them, and their family smiling, and he goes, "Oh, it's just a picture of you and your mate, isn't it?" 
That's all. I said happy. I'm not happy by that. And someone instead is like, here's a picture. Sorry, I've given you a hundred pound gift voucher to Amazon. And he's like, what? Because I feel that would make you happy. <laughs> and sometimes you can call where he's going to go. No, that's just bribery. That's what that is. Or sometimes he's like, yep, that doesn't make me happy. I know what I bring. The best gift for Greg Davies. And that oh, was a, yeah. that was a, that was one a of them. One. one of them like tattoos his name on, on their his foot. foot. Wow. <laughs> like legitimately tattoos it. And I think it's reaction is, why would you do that? <laughs> so it's very funny. So there we go, Kat. Yeah. We just gave you a whole like six are, minute yeah. commercial for um, <laughs> for um, Taskmaster. It's great. Anybody out yeah. there? To- uh, I didn't say that. Uh, find if there's a way to find it out there. And it's on Sky a lot of the time. And it's also on, I think, Channel It's all four. four. Yeah. All, yeah. all four. So imagine if someone had a VPN, it would allow them to access yeah. British television. Yep. I think it's on BritBox so, too. There we go. So there's solely in the UK. There's all sorts. Oh, if you're in the UK, just go on all four. You don't have to pay uh, for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's seasons upon seasons of it. It's fantastic. Um, Latin Jukebox for the love. So Wizard Pod for the love. Rob from a Bigger Movie Pod for the love. And then GIF of the Week, really quickly. The word was cameo. Um, word up. Ian Davies did uh, a bit of Stanley talking to Stanley. In something, <laughs> which is quite funny. Stanley's fam- famous for his cameos. Josh from next favorite movie did a clip of Paul Rudd from Friends. I'm sorry, Josh, that ain't no. that, 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 that. That's a reoccurring character. That yeah, is not a cameo. Not a cameo. <laughs> and a cameo, we, they almost always kind of play themselves. Well, they don't have to play themselves exclusively, but it's a bit. It's a bit. You come in for like the Muppets. Those were Robin cameos. Williams cameo in Friends. That's like that's a proper. That's cameo. a proper cameo. Robbie yeah. Williams in EastEnders. Sure. He was on a phone in oh, the background. Yeah. That was it? <laughs> yeah. Um, Russell, I didn't get yours, but Chris Peterson did the same thing. You said it was a band called Cameo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, did a song called Word Up. Uh, Reverend Bruce did just the static logo of the company Cameo, uh, which isn't really a gif. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, but the winner is Cheesy with a fish on a bike for doing my favorite Stanley Cameo maybe ever. Are you Tony Stank? yes yes he is tony stank gift of the week goes to chris peterson no sorry cheesy cheesy with a fish on a bike um one last reminder we've got a mailbox episode coming up if you've got a um if you've got a question get a hold of us hashtag ask bfe so ethan's able to find it uh why not leave us a review apple or spotify i hear five is a magic number five is a magic number. Great. Let's talk about this for two minutes. We did, the BFE went to London. Yeah. Now, let's hold the big reveal of what happened after a show for, for a moment, shall okay, we? Okay, okay. Okay, so we went to London. Had a good time. Yeah. Great time. Uh, we got out of here. We were down in London about lunchtime. Yeah. Pretty much bang on lunchtime. I ate out, I out ate and out drank both of you. You did. Yeah. <laughs> you did, you did. <laughs> I'm not sure you... Yeah, drank. You think? Oh, definitely. Okay. Oh, like that teapot was very full. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a big teapot. Um, so we started off by going to Borough Market. We did. Lovely place. Uh, we've got, we've pretty much put all the photos out on either my Twitter or George's Twitter has a lot of them. Um, there is some more I can put out. I might put there we go. more out. What was yeah. it we had? We can we can put some up on the, on, on the Patreon. Yeah. Yep. What's that stuff? Um, we you had paella. We 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 had paella. Yeah. 
Oh. It would have been. It needed a little bit of a kick. It, need, it, needed, it needed some kick to it. I'm, I'm think I'm used to this uh, hot sauce now. You yeah, see a, little, a little bit of paella. Uh, sorry, yeah. sorry, a little bit, a little bit of hot sauce or Tabasco or something, something would have livened that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But otherwise, I, it's nice. It was really good. I hate to say, I could have done with less assembly being required, yeah. which means like I appreciate the freshness of the prawns. Yeah, I don't want to be like pulling it to shell. I don't want to be pulling the shell no. off. There's a lot of. You yeah, exactly which Michelle. paella place you're talking about too. That's a good paella. Yeah, it place. is a good paella. It's as soon yeah, as you walk in, so much DIY. Yeah. There's a lot of DIY because yeah. even the muscles and I had a muscle shatter and had a piece of like like oh, muscle muscle oh, okay. shell. Like it, I was like, oh, this is rough. Yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah it's yeah. a shame though because it was really really good, but it felt like I'm having to stop and do work. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Want and it was a hot day and it I'm was. sweating anyway. And we were in the greenhouse. It felt yeah, like yeah, it <laughs> and you're walking around <laughs> too. Chose a place to sit and they sat underneath we didn't the choose. glass. We didn't choose. That was all that was available. <laughs> all that was available, Georgia. <laughs> a table became available. I literally walked for it and someone like him went, yoink, because we're in London and people don't have any sort of... No, they sort of no. went around us, didn't they? And they yeah. tried to cut us off. They'd literally just come in. They didn't have any food. They didn't have anything. No. They'd like, oh, sit here. I'm like, yeah. crying out loud. Come on. So, um, but no, that was that. That was very, very good. And then we ended up going to... I had bow buns. Oh, you had bow buns. salt beef chips. Yes, you did. Yeah, you, yeah. I had some of your salt beef chips. They were very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we went to, oh, where did we go? We walked around a bit down. We went to London Bridge, didn't we? Went to London Bridge, was it? Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. walked across London Bridge. I walked across London Bridge. We, we found a spoons. <laughs> <laughs> but I needed, I needed like a, a cheap cold drink. And that so really nice. we found this station. great spoons right in the, in the London Bridge train station. Yeah. Yeah. And Ooh, um, it was brilliant. And the drinks were really cold. Yeah. You can literally yeah. sit and have a pint and watch the train come in. You don't have to. And when you're and when you're paying London prices for everything, that was quite nice. That actually. was great. Like it wasn't regular spoons prices, but it was a lot cheaper than yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. We would have paid bad. in like Camden or something like that. Exactly. Um, and then we stayed there. And I was really, it was really tempting to stick around. It was, but we, air conditioning. Yeah, Ooh. it was air Oh, lovely air conditioned because it was a hot day. And I also had two drinks in there, and you guys only had one, which I think is where I. That's true. My, that is true. My and then drink. we went to Camden Market. Was it? Uh, Covent Garden. Covent Garden, Covent sorry. Garden, yeah. Covent Garden. And um, we stumbled upon the Maple Leaf. We did. Yep. The Canadian-themed yeah. pub yeah. in um, in London, which Ooh. usually is a bit more Canadian about it in the sense that they're playing cricket on the TVs. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, that's not really that Canadian. What was that stuff you had that you made before? The Caesar. Caesar, Caesar yeah. Love a Caesar. That was okay. That was a bit more watery-based. I don't, I don't know how they did it. Whether I, I imagine they must have put less vodka in it and more of the clamato. Oh, okay. Because the clamato is quite watery. Because the one you made was well, like they might a, have just put some soda or something in it as well. They might. I, I was watching. I mean, you don't really want to be seen watering down a drink. No. Because vodka is supposed to be more. I'm sorry. Uh, Seems supposed to be more or less not equal parts, but just clamato and vodka is what it's supposed to be. Oh, okay. But it's very good. It's small. It was very good. Yeah, yeah. But I was out for an experience. That was okay. And I had a pint of some Canadian beer I had on tap. Sleeman's, I think. It was, it was all right. Okay. It, it, was, it was more about going there and having yeah, that experience. Yeah, it was the experience more than anything. I was wearing like a, a maple leaf on my hat. Not you, one no person. One not one person <laughs> went like, welcome. No. Welcome home, sir. Well, didn't you say <laughs> if, none of the staff were Canadian? No, nah, but that's not really a requirement. I'm a, well, no. Is <laughs> it culturally appropriate? <laughs> but I mean, I would, it would have been nice if someone said like, hey, welcome home. Here you go. <laughs> Do you know what? They probably turned to you, mate. What are you talking about? Yeah, like, <laughs> if they have like, like a little like Canadian like something you could do you go oh you really okay here we go here's a whatever yeah have a have a free little something have a free little something because you're canadian and draw that sort of crowd there yeah on canada day i bet you it's heaven i bet i bet you it's heaven so we went from there and then we went and we went to forbidden planet yeah that car is huge 
Uh, we stopped at a few shops along the way there too, but we, our, our main spot was trying to get to Forbidden Planet. Yep. Uh, which we got to. What were we? We were going. There was something. We were. We stopped at the Maple Leaf on the way to somewhere else. Where were we going? Just to Covent Garden. Oh, just to Covent Garden yeah, itself. Just Covent Garden. Yeah. Okay. So to Covent Garden, and then we went from there to um, a thingy to Forbidden Planet, which was good. It was. Yeah, it was yeah. hot. It was a lot of people in it. But it's always fun to go to Forbidden Planet if you're in the UK ever and you're into anything remotely fandomy. It'll be there. Mm. Exceptional wrestling. They used to have wrestling stuff, but not that I was sitting there looking for it because I wasn't. There was a few wrestling the only comic oh, was there? Book shop. Yeah, yeah okay. there was a couple. Pardon me, Ethan? It's the only comic book shop now. And also because it's like right opposite my uni, I, I lose all of my money the second I have a class. Oh, this is, this is the, the one, one in Cambridge. Cambridge yeah. Yeah. The one in Cambridge isn't bad. The one in London's like Mecca. Oh, like it's it, just insane. Oh, it's incredible. They yeah. have actual comic books I want to buy. Yeah, yeah they have actual comic Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's got everything. Loads. I got a book of a collection of Edgar Allan Poe stories. You did. There you go. Mm, that was my, uh, that's what I got. And then we went. I got a toy for Carl. Then I looked and went, we got about an hour until curtain goes up. On oh, our yeah, show, because we're going for Shipface Shakespeare. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. So we then uh, made our way to Leicester Square. Yep. yep. And we stopped by some cocktail bar, which was there. It had the, happy hour on. It was in the middle of, um, it was like a little. It was a tiny little downstairs little wasn't place. It? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was adorable. Um, you know, it's kind of my nightmare. I'm not really a cocktail bar kind of guy. It was like in between. But we've been in the Maple Leaf, so. But we found, no, no, it was fine. I didn't, I didn't complain, but we went in there and I was like, okay, just not my usual thing. It was kind of in between the Odeon and T- TGI Fridays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it was just like a little place. Wasn't it was it? just a little yeah, hole in the wall. Door. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it went down and obviously opened up. Remind uh, but me they of had, cocktail and drinks. But, but they had they had happy hour. The beers were cheap, even if they were served in plastic cups. Yeah, didn't like that. Didn't like that. But Maybe. I imagine it's because you go on the dance floor and people drop them. Yeah. Yep. Um, Georgia had a teapot full of something. Uh, it was called a strawberry teapot or something like that. Something like that. Some... It was really, really lovely. It was all right. But it was like a daiquiri in a teapot. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it was in a teapot and it was like a like a full two-person teapot. But obviously oh it wasn't God. tea. It was strong cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we had about 20 minutes to drink it because we needed to leave for the theatre. <laughs> and then we went to Shipfaced. Yeah. yeah. And it was fantastic. I think it's probably the best thing I've seen them do. It was very of good. Of the three. Yeah. Front row, weren't we? Front row. And uh, we'd, we'd had quite a few. And uh, as it gets started, um, we're all kind of firing in with some stuff. That was the guy on the door, So much it? so that security like came over and told us to be quiet. Yeah. yeah. And it's weird because I get you don't want to be, you don't want to be belligerent. You don't want to be thinking the show's about you. Conversely, it's always been a little bit panto-y. It's a bit interactive. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if it's just, I don't imagine it's, I, I don't imagine it came from them because we were by no means the only people who were told to, no, to shush that day. There was a few. And there was other people who said, I've, I've seen, I've seen this group five, six, seven times have never once been told to shush. No. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, that was, he wasn't, I made a friend. It was great. He wasn't a jerk about it to us. He was a bit but jerky was, to the other girl. He was though. a bit jerky to the other girl. And then he got jerky with us when we had a drink up on the foot of the stage. Which was nowhere near, really. Which was really. nowhere near, and it wasn't even time to. The no, lights weren't were no on yet. On as, soon, stage, as, soon as, no. as soon as the lights came on for Act Two, like, I was like, because we did the same thing with Act One. Yeah, we took yeah. the drinks off the foot of the, bar, uh, foot of the stage, but yeah, that was a bit much. But then um, we had spoken previously. I had made my West End debut by sitting there uh, by being pulled up on stage. And they were obviously looking for someone, unbeknownst to us, to play the role of Paris. Yeah. And I guess this is their audience participation moment. And so... Uh, Would you believe it? The drunk person comes over and goes, well, we're looking for Paris, which is, of course, 
This man, now I swear he stops at me here. He did, he did. yeah. He did. Um, I cheer so loudly, he goes, no. in his internal monologue, nope. <laughs> and he moves down one to Liam. Yeah, he did. Who becomes a recurring character in the show. And the weird thing was, um, I went, oh, thank God that picked Ian. Oh, shit, that picked me. <laughs> and, like, I got a line when I did it. I got to stand on stage for a couple of minutes, and I got to say one line. And I was told what line to say. Liam basically <laughs> got carte blanche, and I think the guy realized, oh, shoot. Like, again, this isn't someone who's going to sit there and just be – the joke isn't that he's awkward and doing nothing. <laughs> it's going to be how do I play off of what he's doing. Do you know what's quite funny, though? When he said, right, give us a sonnet <laughs> – He did. (laughs) (laughs) Liam didn't just go, uh, you look pretty. Like, he properly went for it. It Technically not a sonnet. I'll say that much. No, but I'm not. not Because a sonnet's got an A-B-A-B rhyme scheme, but you came at it with, like, rhyming couplets. And he was like, he was like, oh, he's doing it. Like, because that, usually the word sonnet would scare people. That's why, because they'd be like, I don't know what that is. And they take a step back. And instead, you went for it. And it was like, and then you came back for a second round. Nah, it was great. It was was a fantastic time. So Liam and I have both had a... it was fun. West End performances. His was much larger than mine, and I've got no problem admitting <laughs> that. So, Do you know, they were very generous on stage, to be fair. Yeah, they great. They threw a lot back to me, which, didn't they? Which is why when we when security was the one telling us to be quiet, this was what I was talking to about the girl who sat next to me. Like, cause we'd so at intermission, it, Georgia makes a friend. Yeah, we'd both seen it several times. She'd seen it five times. Not this particular one, but the same company. Yeah. And she's always quite loud, and they've never been told off before. Um, and we were like, well, no, the actors will tell you if you're being too loud. And they did a couple of times. There was a couple of lines thrown out that were like, oh, this, the marketplace is very rowdy today. At which point I kind of tapped you and went, we've been told to be quiet. Yeah, like, type you, thing. you like, let them you, drive the bus on that. Yeah, That's fine. of course. Um, but, so we were doing that. Like We were listening to what they, we weren't overtaking what was happening. And she was like, yeah, no, I think it's probably him. I think he's, he might be new. He's not used to the show. The danger thing. of that is it teaches the audience to do nothing. Mm-hmm. And not Which, respond. No, and there's a large interactivity point of this. Like I've seen three shows. Uh, the two best ones were the Leicester Square, yeah. in my opinion, because they were the most interactive and felt like they were the most organically alive. Mm-hmm. And I felt very comfortable on stage. They it made was, me feel very welcome. It was clear that, that they were riffing. Yeah, oh, I did wonder time. if it, how how severe of a script within a script was. It's very loose. The guy they were was, very, that, at least that that show was very loose but yeah. no but there's obviously the, the ability to do that it's yeah, not yeah. it's not a performance where you pretend to be like I, I think the guy was obviously to some degree quite drunk oh yeah yeah, yeah. and so i think it was allowed to sort of go places because at one point the woman who's clearly ooh, who we found later is, 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 is the director because yeah, yeah, yeah. we're way over time you could see her in the wings going oh my god what are you, right now no go because the guy who's the drunk one just keeps going off on tangents i'm doing it it just keeps going off <laughs> yeah, and having yeah. moments and it was it felt at so a, alive at one point he laid on the floor and oh, i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh it was really really good it was so, so i would highly recommend to anybody who's in, in the uk uh, if you're looking for something to do they do the edinburgh fringe most years they're but they, at the moment yeah with i think uh, they've got two teams and they've got one doing Macbeth yeah. up there and one do but if you're at the fringe or if you find yourself just check out their website they're in leicester square fairly regularly they're very welcome um, i'll give them that Brilliant. It's a great time. You don't have to have access to Shakespeare to get it. No. Well, uh, what about the line you fed me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucked up. <laughs> These times of woe leave no time to woo, which of course Liam got wrong. He tried to spit it out and went, These times of woo. <laughs> and I was there for a row going, You had one job. There's your tagline for the podcast. You had one job. Yeah, <laughs> That'll be your t shirt. There we are. 
Um, so there we are. That was funny. Great, great though. Great show. Great time. We went and got some food afterwards. Liam was brave enough to try sushi. Yeah. yeah. Hey. And I think I had to go to the same sushi place that last time I was in London. What are the odds of that? <laughs> That's but impressive. as we're there, I don't know how it came across. Was it Georgia who found it? Yeah. Someone found out our trains had all been cancelled. A mutual, yeah, a mutual friend had messaged and was like, "You're in London, aren't you?" I was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "Have you checked the trains recently?" No, and I, could, I hadn't because we were in London. Like, if we I could, were having a great time. If I could pause, here's what we said last week before we went on the trip. We're not, we're not driving home. We're taking the train in the yeah, train yeah, out. Yeah, God yeah. bless this country for its. Uh, <laughs> for its for its rail systems we don't have stuff in canada so people complain about the the rail system here there's no way to get in toronto like that back home. oh okay so what what, what a wonderful thing we we, we have at, at, at our disposal <laughs> i mean this is testament <laughs> to how gleaming hot our country has been and how we're not used to it and how our infrastructure is not used to it Do you know why they're all cancelled because the electricity lines yeah. between ely and cambridge had literally melted yeah wow <laughs> to me like, today if the train the last... goes too fast yeah it melts the, that's why we were restricted to that speed we limit the next day oh yeah so uh, as a result we're stuck in london and we're going oh what do we, at least not necessarily london, but we can't uh, get home and it's late and it's late like we find this out at like 10 30 no, it was probably about nine thirty because we we got out of the theater about nine ish, so it was about nine thirty. But like we were still like I thought it was ten thirty. Uh, yeah. Mine and closer to ten. Anyway, yeah, regardless, yeah, 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 it was late. Yeah, it was late. So we go okay. Well, let's eat our food and then we'll figure out the plan to us afterwards. And eventually, what happens is we get the train as far as Cambridge. <laughs> but there's a train that goes like express to Cambridge, and then there's the train that stops at every, every stop. stop. There's so many more stops between Cambridge and London than I would have imagined. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and so, and we're listening to his really, really posh guy try to, I don't know, I don't think he's trying to pick up, but she's throwing herself at him. Yeah, they're, they're obviously, from what I could, I picked up, they were already friends, like, or at least mutual friends. They knew each other because they had each other's numbers already, but like, oh my goodness, someone was trying to get something that night. And, and it just completely happen. blind the idea that there's people all around them. And they he was can trying hear to, what you're saying. He was trying to impress her, weren't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was. I got hit by a police car. He Woo! wanted her, he wanted her to, oh, yeah, I, had to I was going to, I was going to charge, but like, man, he no. wanted her to want him and then he wanted the power to say no. Yeah. Yeah, that's literally what it was. Because he gave her a phone and he was like scrolling through. He's like, oh, I'm, oh, I didn't see anything. I didn't see He's like, oh, I forgot that was in there. And I'm like, no, you didn't. Yeah. No, uh, this design, this is, this is like the Jedi mind trick of I'm going to send you a, uh, a dirty picture. Yeah, I'm yeah, gonna give yeah. you my phone and let you stumble upon it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like sleazebag 101. So, yeah, yeah. so really we get was. to Cambridge and we're just it's 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 like one in the morning. One in the morning, yeah. and I'm exhausted. We all are, and I, I haven't, I haven't been able to. Like, the train's toilets were a disaster, oh. so I'm like, I'm like, I just need to use the loo, and you couldn't find a hotel room to save your life in Cambridge. So finally, I found one. It was on the outskirts of Cambridge, so we get out there, we get into the room, um, and uh, it was boiling hot. There's no air conditioner in the hotel. Nope. There is in the hallway? Yeah, the hallway was nice and cool, we oh. found out in the morning. Yeah. So uh, that was a bit of a uh, of a disaster. <laughs> it was. So I did not sleep a wink. I think we got into the room at about two, um, yeah. and at five I was going, why am I still laying here? The trains are running again. <laughs> <laughs> so i got up i woke up you and went, i'm gonna go yeah. <laughs> you guys stay that's fine but i am leaving because i just could not sleep at all and I, so thought I, got on all, it, I thought it was all a dream that i'd left 
Yeah. <laughs> I got on at the half six train. We home. all had our own separate sleeping spaces. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got on the half six train home and was home by just before eight and then went back to bed. <laughs> yeah. So Liam and I got off the, so we, we got out of the room around nine 30. About that, yeah. Um, just before that, because we, we were kind of by, by 9.30, 9.40, we were sitting down having a lovely breakfast. <laughs> we were, yeah. I forgot what the name of the place was. Great place right off the Cambridge train station. The station? Get out of the station and look directly to your right as soon as you get out there. It's like a, it's like a little pub. It's fantastic. I think it was called the station. Was it called the station? Yeah, because I had all the different stations of where that oh, That's stopped. true, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love, lovely place. I'd recommend, yeah. I'd recommend the breakfast highly. Um, but... And it sat there for an hour and we got on the train. And then I don't know what sort of mu- oh. musical concert rave thing was going on, but like mm-hmm. a million posh people from London got on. And they were like, it was like, it was like an episode of, um, oh, what's it called? Where all the posh people. Made in Chelsea. Made in Chelsea. Where like oh. you have the worst human beings ever, but they all sound oh, really posh. So like, their actions yeah. suggest they should be classy, but every word coming out of their mouth shows they have zero class whatsoever. Yeah, so, so oh, did trash. you see Raquel? She was taking so much cat last night. I thought she was off her This, is, this oh, is basically oh, oh, oh. it, yes. Mentioned cat. cat got yeah. mentioned. Yeah. Oh, there's some cat? I'll have the cat. always cat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why my kidneys are ruined. Oh, I was like, uh, this you know, is... And then we were near a toilet as well. Oh, we? and they were being so rude to everybody. everybody. There's, there, there's a queue and we're in it, even though we're, we're sitting, sitting down. down. Yeah. So stop with the attitude. I'm like, yeah, guy gave him nothing. 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 Credit to him though. Oh, geez. You able to just, cause there was like, in the train on the whole, there must've been about a hundred people from this group. Oh, so oh, it was terrible, awful. and we got stuck having to do twenty miles an hour. Yeah, the whole oh, way back. so it lasted forever. For me, we like, oh, we were just like, I just want this to be. I kept locking eyes with this guy who was at one of those table booths, who was like, kind of like going, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah. He was a fairly a young guy himself. He had a laptop. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we kept going, this is ridiculous. Stupid. So. That was the very sorry <laughs> longer story. The BFE in London. Next year we, we're we're going to do it for again for sure. Yeah, we want to throw out the idea of a meetup. So if anybody's yeah. out there and going, I wouldn't mind hanging out with the BFE. I don't know how formal or informal we'll get. It might be a uh, go around and have some drinks and go to a show, or it might be something more. But if you're at all interested, let us know. Yeah, let us great. know. I'll be there this time. Ethan says these things. Wear your BFE t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan says these things. I don't know if he'll show up. Yeah. The, the truth is, I'm actually just like a sentient AI. I've never existed in reality. If I could turn I- you off, I would. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and move on through, shall we? Thank you for... That was the BFE doing <laughs> London. Um, Just one last note. Fantasy football draft day. Two weeks today. If you're in the BFE Fantasy Football Draft, we're going to do our episode, and then we're going to go ahead and do the draft. I imagine it'll be around 10 p.m. British Summertime, Mm -hmm. 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'm glad it'll you know, be a, it'll be a little bit over an hour, and we'll probably invite everybody on, and we'll, we'll record it like we did last year. It was it was it was a good piece of fun. And all you do is hear me going, oh, "God, I don't yeah, so it. Liam's <laughs> Liam picked that one. Liam's going to come over <laughs> and learn how to do a draft at some point. You know I'm not I, taking any. I'm not listening to a whole year of that again. Even if I don't do a good draft, I always come good <laughs> at the end, don't I? I always make do with what I got. I'm going to choose the ones that have the cool-sounding names. That's what I do. All right. Speaking of cool-sounding names, let's get on to our movie here, because this is easily yeah. the longest preamble I mean, before <laughs> a <laughs> thing we've ever had. We're yeah, almost at an hour. So here we are. But the time I had an intro, it'll be 57. So um, why <laughs> Sorry, are we folks. doing this? This was Ethan's pick. Yeah. Ethan, why did you choose this one? I, this was my dad's favorite film. 
uh, to the point that I found this out from my mom a couple years ago, and I watched this like as a way to kind of get closer to my dad. And I found out he watched this so much he could recite the entire film word for word, and my mom hated it. <laughs> so I, and also this is one I've kind of wanted to br- like bring out for a while. I we did uh, Prestige last time. I can't top that in terms of like cool film quality. So we'll, we'll just do some comedies. Why not? Let's have uh, some fun. Excellent. Let's have some fun. Uh, Spinal Tap, one of England's loudest bands, is chronicled by film director Marty DeBerge on what proves to be a fatal, fateful tour. Not fate. Actually, it would be fatal <laughs> well, for the drummer, wouldn't it? Directed by Rob Reiner, who I never realized how good his 1984 to 1995 stretch is. Which good. Uh, this is his directorial debut for the record. Wow, he would then it? go on to do Stand By Me, The Princess yep. Bride, When Harry Met Sally, yep. Misery, wow, and The American President. Wow. Which is weird because Aaron Sorkin writes it. Mm. Rob Reiner directs it. Never knew that. Why? Well, I, I must have because we did it on the pod. I must yeah, have mentioned it, yeah. but it didn't stick in my head. So, yeah, this is our third. This is our third Rob Reiner film we've done so far. Nice. Yeah. Um, so it might be interesting to see what the rankings are of the Rob Reiner three at the end. <laughs> yeah. um, I know where this one fits in my three. Written by Christopher Guest, Michael McKean, Harry Shearer, and Rob Reiner. So the four main actors were the four writers. Uh, cinematography by Peter Smokler, a man so enigmatic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he doesn't even have a link to any sort of uh, greater works page or in Wikipedia wow. or anything like that. So, oh, really? I'm sure it's on IMDb. He didn't have a Wikipedia page. So I'm like, he mustn't have done much besides this. Oh, okay. Uh, and and when, then, you say, when you say co-written, I think that's very loose. <laughs> I, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. Music, yeah. music, though, legitimately by Christopher Guest, Michael McKean, Harry Shearer, and Rob Reiner. I love the music. Yeah. They are legitimately playing their instruments. That's incredible. Yeah. They became a legit band for a while afterwards. Did they? They would go and like, play like charity yeah. gigs and things like that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'd, go, so, I'd, I'd go and see that. Um, there is that. Ethan, is there anything you want to... So Ethan's going to be the expert on this one because yeah. I wanted a good first watch. Is there anything that we need to bring about before we start talking about the film itself? Any contextual stuff? Uh, this originally started in a sketch show in 1978 called The TV Show where um, Michael McKeon and Christopher Guest uh, did a parody rock band called Spinal Tap, and while they were doing the sketch, which turns out they were also being burned with oil on stage, they went, what if we just improvised and created these characters? And eventually, uh, Rob Reiner was like, I'll make a film out of this for $60,000, and that's where we wow. where we get to now. Incredible. You say $60,000? Yeah. <laughs> he procured uh, $60,000 uh, from Marble Arch Productions to write the screenplay with them. And the right. Oh, to write the screenplay. Okay. I'm wondering yeah, yeah, yeah. what the. Oh, okay. That's for that. Okay. Because yeah. I think the, the budget's more expensive than that. Yeah. 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 Well, consider like what they have. <laughs> like, I mean, they got I mean, huge. They got stadiums full of people and like stuff to build and things. They got Stonehenge. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that felt kind of sixty thousand dollars. Uh, let's go ahead about this. So the first time I saw this was today. For me, it was a first watch. For Georgia, it was a first watch. For Ethan, it w- wasn't a first watch. Am I right? No, okay. no. I watched this about five years ago. And for Liam, you said you've seen it a couple times before this. I, uh, yeah, I think I've seen it a couple of times. I've definitely seen it once. Uh, brought to us by the people at Embassy Pictures. Uh, good luck finding them anymore. And we meet Marty DeBerge, or DeBerge, played by Rob Reiner, our fictitious, almost Michael Moore-esque, if not for the fact that he predates Michael Moore by about 13 years. Yeah, yeah. and very um, uh, Spielberg. 
Spielberg? Well, he's wearing a hat. That's about it. Well, Spielberg like introduces stuff, and you see him talk on screen. He's very much like that. Yeah, the problem is he wouldn't have this look until much later. Well, during Jaws, he had kind of it going on. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I, I will say this. Um, did you recognize the hat? Anybody? The hat looked familiar. So the hat should be familiar. Oh, oh. Uh, the hat. USS oh, oh, you The hat is sitting on Fred Savage's bed on one ah. of the things the whole time the Princess Bride's on. I said to you that looked familiar, didn't I? Yeah. Oh. Because Rob Reiner does that right after... Spinal Tap. And I can remember why. There you go. There we are. So uh, he's going to be the director of the film, uh, both in our fictitious documentary and in the actual film itself. Yeah. Uh, wow. And he's going to be kind of this, um, there's various types of documentary I get to teach about this, which is which is all fun. But the idea that he's interactive, he's an acting agent. You you see him, you see his questions. He guides our responses by a look on his face and things like that. Mm-hmm. He's the straight man yep. in this. So they can all sort of bounce off him. Um, anybody thoughts on it's, it's a little bit hard it's not really a there's a very loose plot but very loose plot yeah, there it is. Um, what, anybody have thoughts on on Rob Reiner as a, as his character Marty DeBerge probably the best part of it okay grounds it somewhat he seemed less caricature yeah than the rest he's more, he's he needs, the but he needs to yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. he yeah. seemed real where the yeah. others don't yeah um, they seem cartoons of there's a skill sense. in being the straight man. I don't think he does anything that's particularly groundbreaking, but he's also directing the film. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. so he's just getting his face involved. So, of course. Uh, but he is, the, the opening monologue he does is actually really quite good. He is talks that to, shot badly on purpose. That opening monologue. What? Where it's like like severe close up, and like, and then when it zooms out, like his head is like right at the top of the I frame. Think, to the I think it's supposed to feel. Like, I, was, I, I was like, I'm sure that must be bad on purpose. I think it's. I, th- I think it's a commentary on documentary filmmaking in general yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, Give that rough feel about it. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about because if it looks too polished, then it takes you out of this realistic world they're trying to create here, right? Yeah. yeah. So, 1966, the Electric Banana. He saw this band that redefined rock and roll. He was also wowed by their punctuality, which is a great <laughs> show because rock bands are notorious for being late. Um, and so, this is 15 years after that. They're one of England's loudest bands. Uh, part of their new uh, album, Smell the Glove. <laughs> And a new tour, uh, and said, I got what I wanted, but more, a lot more. And this opens us up to the title card. This is Spinal Tap. And it looks like a very much just like a, a rock documentary where you've got the crew working hard. You've got the paparazzi, the band walking through the airport as people like bump into them and things like that. Uh, except for there's a car waiting for them with the sign Spinal Pap. Pap. Yeah. <laughs> and that'd be kind of a recurring joke that no one really knows who they are. No. Or if and they I, do, they don't think they're very good. So yeah, I think, I think they should. Yeah. And then, I mean, I got to give credit because the songs I think are pretty catchy in this film. I like the songs. Yeah. I really enjoyed Tonight I'm Gonna Rock Tonight. I Tonight I'm Gonna Rock You Tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, all the music, all the songs legitimately written by those four main characters, the three band members, and um, Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, they're a hard rock band and the fans love them. Uh, one clearly, I mean, two of them very much look like Ozzy Osbourne. There's different stages of his life. Yeah. One looks like seventies Ozzy. One looks like eighties Ozzy. And one looks like Rick Parfitt from status quo. Is that the guy with the, the mustache? No, 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 the blonde hair. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause Ozzy does say, that in the eighties as well. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to say, but cause you brought Ozzy up as well. He thought this was real. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Sharon! <laughs> oh, like, like Black Sabbath have some issues with this. Did you, did you have notes about that? 
Uh, I've got a, I've got a okay. couple different uh, reactions from from some musicians. Excellent. Nice. Uh, so we so I mean, it's we get a mix of concert footage, and of course, finger quotes over everything. We get a mix of concert footage. We get a sit down with the four or five of them. But we only talk to three of them, really. Yeah, yeah. And those are our main two kind of methods of the majority of information, how it gets to the audience. And then we have them sort of being followed around on this tour in snippets, but we keep going back to these two sort of ideas. Um, And we meet the band. The band is Nigel uh, played by Christopher guest. Christopher guest would be count Rugen in the princess bride, the six fingered man. Probably how he plays that guitar so well. He's got an extra finger to help (laughs) the matter of it all. Uh, I wouldn't, I stopped that and told Georgia at the time. because I thought, we're gonna be too far away when we record. Oh yeah, I would not have known to bring that which up. one you were on about. Yeah, because even I struggled to go. Which one of the Christophers is this? Because I often get Chris Guest and Chris Sarandon mixed up. Mm-hmm. Chris Sarandon plays uh, Humperdinck. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We David Saint Hubbins played by Michael McKean. Uh, Michael McKean, for those of you who are Friends fans, would know as the guy who sells Mocklet <laughs> and commissions um, uh, Monica to make all those Mocklet recipes. He's just been in everything. He just shows up everywhere. This really is his high point, actually. He is the cameo. (laughs) Uh, Derek Smalls, played by Harry Shearer. At first, I'm like, am I going to recognize Harry Shearer? Then I saw him. Yeah, I'm fine. It was the name (laughs) I recognize. I'm totally fine. He plays Derek Smalls. Uh, Harry Shearer is one of the, probably the most prolific voice on The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. I believe he plays Mr. Burns. I believe he plays Moe. I believe he plays Smithers, Flanders. Yeah. So he does a lot of them. I think Moe's someone Mo's else. Harry has... Is, is Moe someone yeah, else? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah Hank Zaria. Hank Zaria, him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know he's not Homer. He's, Homer's Dan Castellaneta. Yeah, because Moe's um, Phoebe's boyfriend that goes to Minsk. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I, and yeah, Harry... Yeah. Uh, sorry, Hank Azaria. I knew Hank Azaria is. I said nobody yeah. did that voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool beans. Um... There's a great bit of, I think it's on, on Inside the Actor Studio, which we talk about on our BFE uh, off script. We do. Um, but I think they have him, or maybe it's on Conan, but anyway, because he's done the whole Simpsons cast. But I think it was it was Harry Shearer and another one of the um, of, of the main voice cast, who do multiple voices. And they just bounce back and forth between them, kind of just riffing in an improv scene. Oh, I'd love that. But it. with all the different voices. That'd be cool. So it's cool when you see like Seth MacFarlane from Family Guy do it by himself. But it's funny to see these two people who have like a dozen characters between them. And they're <laughs> yeah. just, they, they just keep shifting. Jumping, yeah. Yeah. How cool. Um, and so I think it's important to note that Harry Shearer, for that regard, has strong improvisational skills, as do yeah. the lot of them. Because a lot mm. of this, you can tell, they're just riffing. Absolutely. And you can see, um, what's the girl? Gina? No? Gina? The, the wife? The wife, yeah. Yeah, I forget what her name is. It's yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come up to her. But sure. she stops, <laughs> when they're talking to her, she stops and thinks a little bit and then carries on. <laughs> yeah. You can see she's thrown. Um, so they say as part of this, and this kind of sets the tone for it. They say, yeah, you know, we're the originals. And you think they mean all the original band members. We're like, no, that was the original name of the band was the originals. (laughs) And there was already a band called the originals. They changed their name to the new originals. Which is funny. (laughs) And then the originals changed their name to the regulars. And they thought (laughs) we could change our name to the regulars. "Ah, We've already gone this far. And they changed their names to the Thamesman. And that's very much like a quarryman reference. I think. Yes. It's the, and there's a shot of them and it's very Ed Sullivan show Beatles Beatles kind of look. And that was kind of this idea that this band had been through all the major changes between the 60s and early 80s yeah, when, yeah, this, yeah. when this comes out 
Um, they talk about the previous members and how they, they seem to keep dying and mainly the drummers. <laughs> yeah. uh, a highlight is that one of the drummers choked on his vomit. This is well, actually, we, we think it was someone else's vomit, but I caught the line. <laughs> Scotland Yard doesn't yet have a technology to determine whose vomit it was he choked on. No, you can't fingerprint a vomit. Yeah. <laughs> this drummer dust gag. For dust for vomit, yeah. This drummer gag would then, uh, it turns out, inspired J.K. Rowling with the... Um, Defense of the Dark Shards? Yeah. 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 Really? Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> Have I... <laughs> so, I thought it was yeah, a anyway, J.K. Rowling get inspired by this is Spinal Tap. It's quite funny. Because yeah. the person who's the teacher for the Defense Against the Dark Arts keeps uh, being a bad person every every movie, pretty much. Or is fired, or is... Incompetent. Or, 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 is, or is yeah. incompetent, yeah. It's never the same. Each book or movie starts with introducing the new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. <laughs> Which is how you know, spoilers, that Snape's going to die, because he was the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher that year. There you go. Um, so we meet Bobby Fleckman, uh, played by Fran Drescher in the least Fran Drescher role I've ever seen. Even did, did you know who this is? Uh, the nanny. Yes, thank you. Yeah. My, my 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 two British compatriots here had no idea what I was talking about. Nope. Oh no, I, I got name, queer friends it. all over the globe. They don't shut up about the nanny. Oh really, Fran Drescher? Yeah, she's um, become like a queer icon. Like, do you guys know Janice from um, Friends? Yeah. Yep basically fran drescher she's basically doing like a better version of what fran drescher was already doing oh this, my god this really nasal like <laughs> but mr smith how am I? it was all whiny all the time yeah and it was just too much and they basically put her as like a nanny ergo the name of the moose show against this like really posh british family Oh, okay. And that was the juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. So in this, she works for the record label. And I think it was this idea that we present this, it's this wonderful juxtaposition of rock and roll is supposed to be like this, like, we're going to do this and this and this and fire. And then they spend all their time really at these posh parties, mm-hmm. having to be introduced to the people with the money yeah, who make the no decisions. Who don't know who they were. And they talk about them as like a commodity and what's going to happen. And they have to kind of just sort of live through it and be told, who is this? Oh, this is so-and-so, which is very... I imagine what the business is actually like. You spend a lot more time in these sort of dinners and stuff than they probably want to admit. Mm-hmm. Hanging out with people who are very much not like their image and depend on people who are very much not like their image. Uh, in this weird party, um, we also see Billy Crystal. Yeah. As a mime yeah. in a weird... Uh... And Dana Carvey as well, it turned out. Wait, really? really? Yeah, he's the other mime. <laughs> I didn't wow. pick up on that. I was looking I through say... the IMDb list and it was like Dana Carvey. I was like, what's he, what's he in there? Did I say that guy looked like Dana Carvey? You did. You yeah. Did. Yeah, not, not not the guy we're talking no, about. No, 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 no. no, no Some no. other guy you thought was Dana Carvey. Well, looked like Dana Carvey. The, the, the lead singer, wasn't it? Yeah, Christopher Guest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they talk about how they're going to break America and again, the mix of rock and roll and the hoity-toity. And then there's a scene with a limo driver once they get to America. And <laughs> they sort of blink and they're in America or something like that. Or Bruno, they're in New York City and it's Bruno Kirby, who you might know from City Slickers. And he's talking about how much these guys don't get frank. And you can tell the tour is not going to go well, fair. yeah, because um, Bruno, Kerr, uh, sorry, the the manager Ian, um, a character I really liked actually. At one point, who at one point, who at one point gets called Liam as well. Does he really? He does, yeah. he does get yeah. called Liam? Yeah. Um, Ian tells him, "We're not playing New York. What do you mean we're not playing? It's okay. New York's not much of a rock and roll town. <laughs> we're going to Philadelphia. That's a proper rock and roll town." And I'm like, "Yeah." Right. <laughs> just overlook new york city it's not your market no and we find out they have an album coming out which again is smell the glove 
Um, we we don't haven't found out about their uh, their plans for the album artwork yet. Uh, we go to another concert, and this is a different song called "Big Bottom," which has to be <laughs> a parody of Fat Bottom Girls. It must oh, be. Yeah. It must be. Um, Georgia definitely didn't like these lyrics. <laughs> no, it was disgusting. Shearer yeah. is playing a double bass, like a literal, not like a big double bass, like an orchestral, but too, like a giant double bass. Armed. Oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's, it's very parody. I mean, that's the whole yeah. thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just for the record, these are the lyrics that I picked out and Georgia had some, so that happened in the same verse. So I went ahead and got it out here. The bigger the cushion, the sweeter the pushing. <laughs> that's what I said. The looser the waistband, the deeper the quicksand, or so I've read. The line Georgia hated, my baby fits me like a flesh tuxedo. I love to sink her with my pink torpedo. (laughs) And there is this idea that um, Fat Bottom Girls isn't really that whatever. But the 70s were full of songs like, there's one goes, uh, feel like making love. Boom, 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 (laughs) boom, 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 boom. Feel like making love. Boom, boom. That's the whole like chorus. It was so, and you can tell it's white trash because Kid Rock would later cover it. You know what I mean? As a kid, and when you listen to music, you don't really listen to the lyrics so much to start with. You listen to the music. And I think that's the what you're getting. There's people who are like visually going, oh, because the melody's catchy yeah. and it's all fireworks. When you listen to it, you're like, what is this? Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's two ways that you can go with this. You can read and go, this is absurd, and I think it's funny. Or you can have what I imagine is George's reading of it. It's not, you can't even call it parody because parody is supposed to be satirical, clever, and funny. This is none of those things. It is just gross slander. Wait, hang on. But for it not to be parody, you have to be considering that they're actually try that they're playing this straight. Well, yeah, they are playing it straight. Well, I think they are playing. It, sorry, the characters are playing it straight. The filmmaker yeah. is making a parody. Mm. It, it, this it, is not a it's celebration. Too, it's this, too far. Oh, okay. That, that, that's 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 fine as a conversation. That part is. But the, no point is Rob Reiner being genuine here. This is supposed no, to be no, tongue in no. cheek yeah, about the ridiculousness of. <laughs> it's it's it, the thing is that. It, like even some of the lyrics from like the 60s 70s and 80s like even the ones that are quite direct about they're about sex they're never that like crash like that is that which is why this is parody they're, they're, they're taking yeah. it to an obscene obscene is the wrong word they're taking it to no, an ex- it is obscene well, i know because but the, that's the reason why i don't want to use it because yeah, it's gonna be confusion it, they're, taking it to the they're taking it to an extreme in order to create what they hope for is humor because you're not expecting it to be that obscene yeah now i can use that term um and so it depends on your reading thereof. And you can you go, I, I'm not here to tell you, like it, far from it. But I am here to say that is their intent, is parody. Mm. Yeah, it's their intent. I just don't think it comes across. I think it comes across as far too far beyond parody. Okay. Um, Ethan, thoughts on it? Uh, I'm I'm with you guys. I think also because the, the scene later on when they're talking about the, the album cover, it, every, it's supposed to be they're, one, kind of out of touch, and two, they're, 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 they're way too much. And and, and they're flawed yeah. characters. Without question, yeah. this is a, this is a film about flawed characters. Harry Shearer's character, not so much. Yeah, he's just there. <laughs> Harry Shearer's he's there for the ride. He's the bass player. He's I mean, the, th- that's yeah. the joke, right? He's yeah. a TV he's player. The, he's the full guy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we go back to the interview, and we get their discography. Uh, the intravenous de Milo. <laughs> yeah. The gospel according to Spinal Tap, which I think has to be a Beatles reference when they said they were all, that, uh, are you bigger than Jesus? And yeah. they said, if we all stand on each other's heads, I think we're just a bit taller. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and so the the the, the uh, critics review said, "Why couldn't God have rested on that day?" <laughs> <laughs> and then Shark Sandwich, which the review was just shit sandwich. Um, quite funny. And then we get talked about the album cover that they have planned. And Fran Drescher is playing the straight person, which is nuts. Because, mm. oh, she's just, she's a caricature in everything she does. Uh, but in this place, she's actually playing it straight. Like, well, I was actually saying, going, if, if she's a bigger part, she might get my, like, best performance. And then we don't really see much of her again. So I was like, all right. Uh, but um, we get their idea for the album cover. And their idea for an album cover is, of course, grossly misogynistic grossly out of touch they're gonna have i think it was naked women or topless women a yeah. naked woman on her hands and knees with a collar and a, a lead collar and a lead being held Sniffing the lead is glove. being held by a man and then he's got a glove in a, a black latex glove in her face which she's smelling ergo smell the glove yeah smell the yeah. glove yeah and Fran Drescher sitting across, do you get how sexist this is? And they say, oh, it's just being controversial. It's being cutting edge. And there's a little bit of a, they said, look, Sears and Kmart won't carry this album if it has that artwork. And that part's quite true. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's, there's bands whose albums have been refused entry to Walmart. And as a result, at the time, Walmart was the number one seller of CDs in America mm-hmm. in like the late nineties. So it's like you had to, you had to satisfy these big kind corporate chains. Little, yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, it's it's the most ridiculous send up anyway of what was supposed to happen. But again, when you see these these album covers from the seventies, especially, they get more and more and more controversial. And this has taken that to the nth degree. Yeah, of course. Um, it has one of my favorite lines, which is like, uh, "You don't see how sexy." Well, there's nothing wrong with being sexy. No, well, sexist. <laughs> yes, I do have that yeah. because he has to go back and and Ian does a great job of having to sell everything to the band. Yeah, he gets mad as he can be. When it's just him and whoever, and then he sells it to the band. It's not a big of a deal, or it's a great thing, or here's the th- situation. And so she compared it. Fran Dresser did a white album. Look, they didn't have anything on that. Look how great the sales were for that. It's about the songs on the inside. Uh, at this point, you noticed that, um, oh, what was his name? Is it? It's not. It's David. Yeah. David had herpes on his lips. Yes. Yeah. 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 They both. They both. That was, and they don't really draw attention to it. It's no. just there. Yeah. 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 yeah that was a cut plot line because they had like a, a plot line which was going to be that uh, one of the groupies all gave them herpes, and they went, "This isn't funny or intrinsic value to the storyline, so we'll just cut that." Good call. I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, the problem with a documentary type thing is that it, it's it's much more jam packed. Yeah. Than a typical plot line was. Even though we sat down for 80 minutes, it felt like it had the content of a much longer film. Oh, and especially with the the arguing. So much arguing. You're just like, I don't know what's going on there. (laughs) And uh, Ethan just mentioned the sexist versus sexy comment. Uh, McKeon and Christopher Guest, uh, David and Nigel, are presented very much as Lennon and McCartney. Of course. Or or Richards and Jagger, this two-headed yeah, childhood yeah. friend thing who needed to consistently be, uh, you know, there's a glamorization of their relationship. Two alphas in the band, wasn't it? Two alphas, yeah. Um, I Maybe unlike Lennon and McCartney, um, who kind of did things separately, maybe it is more Jagger and Richards in the sense that it was, or Liam and Noel, but though they weren't yeah. there yet, uh, this idea that you need, they need each other or else they're nothing without each other, mm. yeah. which I think Richards and Jagger have found out like early on. Yeah. Like if you try to go separate ways, it doesn't work. They found out in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> we have our like a Yoko Ono moment later, but that's yep. still, 
Um, so uh, that was fun. And the song All the Way Home, which was their first song. And they sort of do a little um, I liked it. improv. It was really nice. Yeah. And it's about the ra- all the way home along, along the railroad tracks. And they find out their audience, maybe much like this movie, is primarily boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why is it? And they said, oh, something very sexual about what we do. And I, I think the nature is like they're clearly living, presenting a misogynistic thing. Mm. And that was rock and roll by its very nature at this time a very masculine driven th- once you get past the 60s and the and the woo and the shaking of your head and you get into this more like a level of arena maybe it is i don't know but then they lay it down to the girls are all scared about the sizes of their penises is what it comes down to <laughs> which again shows them at no point is the film telling me these guys are right the no. film's telling me these guys are so out to lunch about why the reason is the girls don't like them. But I love how they um, mentioned that there and they set it up later for the, the cucumber. Yep. <laughs> um, then we go before the concert and Nigel, played by Christopher Guest, has a problem with the rider that they've been given. Uh, the bread's too small. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is like your ridiculous celebrity thing. Uh, the bread's too- I don't want to fold the meat. I want to have it so the meat naturally fits inside my bread. And the, the, the manager tries to talk him into it. And then he realizes he's not going to win this. And he goes, Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, I want my bread like that too. But you can see <laughs> how absurd it is. Yeah. Which is what's, what's funny about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do we have here? Uh, we get to our next concert in a song called Hellhole. <laughs> which was really catchy actually yeah. most uh, their songs are catchy Ni- is it Nigel at this point who leans down yeah Nigel's doing a guitar solo and like does like the, the whole Angus thing where he like lays on the ground for a minute yeah. but then he up. has to get a roadie to help spin him yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say, I think maybe my favorite moments of this might actually be the stuff that, are, that when they're actually on stage playing songs. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what do we have here? We have Christopher Guest. Oh, in, in, in the guitar room. And there's this room full of like 50. And again, it's this rock and roll excess, isn't it? He's got 50 guitars, one of which that he's never taken the price tag off of. And you're not allowed to touch it or even look at it anymore. Yeah, don't even point. It's this thing, like, you know, what do you, no, 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 Gallagher said, you know, once he gave drugs, he had to go back to just, you know, I collect guitars and sunglasses now. It's all I do. Yeah. Because you gotta, you gotta spend your money on something, I suppose. And he goes, this is what I do now. He bought, um, Noel bought a car. He Rolls Royce. Yeah. And he couldn't even drive. No, he tried to, tried to learn. And then he and noticed just, kids were watching him doing driving lessons. And so he went, forget it. I'm rich it, enough. I'll just go driver. It was a bespoke one, though, wasn't it? And I went yeah. delivered to Custom him. Custom made like, chocolate brown Rolls Royce. Yeah, yeah. Delivered yeah. to him two years later. And he's officially said he's never going to try to learn how to drive again. <laughs> he's done. <laughs> well, why did, you don't need to. No, God, I don't need to. Nah. We found out how easy it was to get an Uber. Yeah. That was in Cambridge. He lives yeah. in London. Yeah, true. Or you have a full-time driver. Hopefully, he just gets an Uber. That was way cheaper than London keeping Ubers someone on London Uber is so cheap. Oh, my God. Well, because it's... It, I mean, look, at, look at the competitive market, right? It'll yeah. drive the price down. I'll I tell you this from much. East London to the center of, of London, and it cost like 20 quid. It was beautiful. We got a taxi to the hotel room, and we got... Then Liam and I got an Uber back to the railway station the next day. The Uber was cheaper than the, than the cab was. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> the taxi was at like half one in the morning. Then. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was surprised at how cheap the Uber was. And that's even in a, in a market that's not as saturated, something like Cambridge, where you could probably spike up your price a little bit if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They always have, like, surge uh, right when rush hour starts. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, then, oh, we get shown the uh, the top of the amp and how all of them go to 11, which is the, I think the joke that everybody knows about. Yeah. If you know anything about Spinal Tap, you know 
it goes all the way to 11. And it's that idea that he just naturally believes that 11 is more than 10, therefore it's louder. I love how he tried tried and explains it. And he said, why don't you just make 10 louder? Yeah, he goes, why don't you just divide it into, into 10? spots in the knob yeah, yeah and he goes because yeah. 11 is more than 10 <laughs> yeah, i've yeah. i work i've worked with people <laughs> in education <laughs> who you try to explain how data works and they go but this is more than this yes but we but but we're the one coming up with the ranking system so it doesn't really have to be like that like we can do any any number of things <laughs> and they're just like no that's more than that <laughs> not it's it. not as cool as like a rock band mockumentary but i could do a teacher version of this maybe you should show them this clip <laughs> there's like a point where he always say yeah and he's gonna yeah but this goes up to 11 and they, they, yeah. they added this onto imdb so you could the, the rating goes all the way up to 11 which is cute that's cute um what do we got here we go to the hotel oh so they go to the hotel and there's been a colossal blunder i think we're in memphis at this point and uh, they're supposed to have seven suites, and instead they've given him one suite on the seventh floor. <laughs> and Ian, the manager, is like, "I'll deal with it. I'll deal with it." And he goes, "You know, he's he's quite he's quite standoffish. He's like, look, we've got uh, what are we going to do here? We can't. It's fourteen people. We can't fit. Like, oh, what, what is a luxury suite? We can't fit fourteen people inside a luxury suite." Um, and then they meet this guy, and I'm guessing this guy, from the sounds of it, was a former member of the band who's gone on to bigger and better things. I think so. I think that's the implication. It yeah. feels yeah. like it's a plot line that's kind of just barely brought up and then a bit like it should have gone somewhere more. Mm. Well, there's like they said they had like a hundred hours worth of footage because they kept improvising. So they just did like the best jokes, I guess. And so as they leave, as soon as he leaves, they're all like wanker. <laughs> hate you and then ian comes back over and they go oh yeah he's, a, he's an idiot. But by the way how come his new album and they explain how there's sex people being sexualized yada 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 and he goes yes but in 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 his version he's the victim yeah because he's naked and there's a girl what, what's she doing to him she's uh, whipping they were whipping him, him. whipping yeah. him what's the difference he goes because in your version you're victimizing a woman in this version, he's the artist is allowing themselves to be presented as the victim. And they go, oh, such a fine line. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny in itself. Because the humor, of course, is it's not a fine no, line. Exactly. This isn't, it's not a fine line at all. It's, exactly. it's, it's a massive line. It is. Um, another gig is canceled. We found it because it was due to advertising funds. At which point, there's a question that uh, the director has for Ian. He goes, last time the tap played America, 12,000 seat arenas. Now you're playing the 1,200 seat arenas. Does this mean they're becoming less popular? And he's like, no, no, no. There's not really much more beyond that. But, but this is important. It shows us how far they've fallen. Mm. It would have been good to have had some legacy footage of them playing these 12,000 seat arenas. Yeah, because you don't really and get being that feel. the superstars, we see a couple of almost of them on TV, but that's not the same thing. No, because you kind of feel they've been pretty much not that good anyway. Yeah, all the way through. Um, we cut to um, oh, what's his name, Dave, on the phone with his girlfriend. Uh, she's coming to America, and Nigel looks less than impressed at this news. <laughs> yeah, and mean. this very much, as Ethan said, this is establishing yeah. she's Yoko Ono. <clears throat> yeah, she's the girl who's going to break the band apart. Um. <laughs> And so they go, oh, come over here. They're playing our old song. And they go into the radio and the, the room. They're all listening to like this really old radio. And I said, that was a song by the Thamesman, who, of course, now go by Spinal Top. Where are they now? <laughs> and we get to see them all go from this moment like elation to like, turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> turn it right. off. And, and the DJ's voice is clearly Harry Shearer in that clip. Mm. Clearly Harry Shearer. 
Um, they go to Elvis's grave in a fun little bit, and they can't harmonize on Heartbreak Hotel. <laughs> I have an issue with this because I, I think the movie presents Nigel as like the, the actual musical, like the, the musician of the band. Yeah, like he's clearly the one who's got the musical talent. But then here they establish him as like he can't get anything right. Mm. And look like the proper gravesite as well. You know what that is. Almost as if the film didn't have established character or a plot before they start recording and just went, do whatever you want. Well, they kind of did. That's, that's the problem. The only <laughs> song they were able to get the rights to, from, or, or, like the only Elvis song they could get the rights to. is Heartbreak Hotel. Yeah. Okay. And actually, Heartbreak Hotel is one of the ones that shows up in a lot of movies. Mm. A lot of movies. Um, what do we have here? Then we get a song. We get a cut back to them in the 70s. Listen to what the flower people say um they're they're all flowery and folksy it was very like the mamas and the papas or insert you know flower power 1970 band here and the new yeah. seekers yeah i love the seekers who did california dreaming was that mamas and papas mamas and papas okay. yeah. I like um and so there's like you hear this sitar sound none of them are playing a sitar but you hear this sitar sound which was very much like that george era harrison. yeah very george harrison uh there's another drummer who ends up being dead uh <laughs> This time he died on the Isle of Lucy. Very funny. <laughs> I, I don't get that. What is that? Isle of Lucy is uh, a pun on the TV show, I Love Lucy. Yeah. Oh. So the Isle of Lucy. That's one of my biggest problems with this film is that it assumes you know everything about the genre, and I just don't. So it, it imagine you watch this film, but one, you didn't know who the actors were. Two, you didn't know anything about the rock genre at all, really. Three, it was it's humour that you just aren't finding funny. Right. And then go, what actually is there left? I, there's I don't no think plot, I love, there's no character, I don't think there's I, no... I hear you, I hear you. I almost, almost everything you're saying. With the exception of I Love Lucy. I think I Love Lucy is a cultural reference that most people know. Uh, well, Especially well, maybe, because we watched, out, yeah. we watched it in Pretty Woman. Like there's a whole I Love Lucy scene in, 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 in Pretty Woman. Okay, so maybe when this came out, it was a much bigger thing, but I've never seen it. No, I know that I've, you've said it, and I go, okay, yeah, I briefly, I've heard about it, but I don't know what it is. Okay. So but I think a lot of the humor in. But I don't think you have to know what I Love Lucy is to go Isle of Lucy. Sounds like I Love Lucy, and it, that was it, and that was a TV en- show. Not enough to pick up that that someone because he said that's where someone died. So why would my brain go? That must be a TV show reference. Like that doesn't that doesn't compute at all. It's, it's, just, it's just a homonym. It's just supposed to make you go. Oh, it sounds like this. There's, there's no thinking that took I place from that, that right. joke. I don't think it sounded enough like it, so. Okay, well, I picked it up instantly, so I would argue. Yeah, but I you're familiar, like, very yeah, much yeah, more yeah. familiar with I Love Lucy than I am. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, there's a bit. I mean, we, we do films that are of, of, of a variety of ages, and we can't sit here in 2022 and go, because I'm not whatever, I, I'm, I'm going to get cross if I don't get the I'm reference. Not, I'm not getting cross. I'm going, is the the problem is do we watch and review films and go it was a good film when it came out to an audience or when it came out or do we go it's a good film today it's neither of those things so you go is, is, is it a good film and of course you don't have the chance to watch it and you're basically stealing part of my own commentary for the end well, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> not intentionally of course but what i'm saying here is um you won't get the opportunity to go back and ever watch this in 1980 whatever for, no. for obvious reasons no. uh, i want to get a chance to watch this before i did today for the first time in, in 2022 and i think there's things that when you watch this can even change your interpretation that thereof mm. okay so are there barriers here of course there's barriers here okay it's, it's just a very barrier heavy film okay 
I'd be very interested to see because there's a. I also I forgot to say I picked this because they announced a sequel that's coming out like next year. Really, I'd be very interested to see if we uh, if we wow. did a see it or skip it how that would land in, in like the 2023 pop culture. Oh, oh, I'll, I'll give it a watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they getting all the original people back? Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. Um. So, uh, we get never. Oh, <laughs> Don't bring up the dead drummer again, Ian. <laughs> we found out that it's spontaneously, he can spontaneously combusted. Yep. And many people do that every year. They just don't re- report it. And we get a sound check for their, so it's a sound check, not concert footage, but a sound check, which is another great trope. And their song is Give Me Some Money. <laughs> and as they're singing Give Me Some Money, the girlfriend has shown up along. So, so also is the artwork for the new album, Smell the Glove. And the Beatles had the white album. They have the black album. And you see clearly Dave looks over at his girlfriend. She shakes her head. And then he gives all the reasons why he thinks the album covers no good. Thing is, back in the day, uh, Pink Floyd wanted a black album. They just want completely black. No, no, nothing on it. Yep. And this was Wish You Were Here. And they had to come to a compromise in the end uh, with the record company and said they'd shrink wrap it black, but when you open it, you'll have uh, artwork on the front so they know who it is. But they were like, no, we just want a black album. No name, no nothing. People know what it is, but they had to compromise. See, I used to teach album cover design as part of a GCSE they even media had stick course. A sticker on it. And one of the things we talk about, here's the rules that everything has to have. Everything has to have the band name. Everything has to have the uh album name everything has to have a key image they want associated with with, with the band uh that, that conveys a a carefully crafted image mm-hmm. and we go through all these and the last one is the last slide is the exceptions and it's bands who are so big they don't have to follow any of the rules and the beatles with the white album is one pink floyd with the prism for dark yeah. is that dark side of the moon dark side of the moon yeah. that's one of them and the wall bands who just don't have to i think arctic monkeys with the sound wave you know what i mean like just ones that you go they're so big their actual lack of what everybody usually has becomes a strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, what else do we have here? We've got oh, we have the the, the, the uh, we have the concert with the three pods, <laughs> rock and roll creation. You kind of know what's going to happen after the, the first two come out. I didn't. I didn't. So <laughs> I, I saw that coming, and oh, I, yeah, also I, saw, well. I also saw the end of it coming. Okay, yeah, so you so, said it as yeah. it happened. Yeah. So this is a very different. I think this is a very different kind of joke than the other jokes we've had. So it's, it, it's, yeah, I like it's a one. visual joke. It's a visual joke that they've obviously had to plan out because yep. it involves props and those sorts of things. And this one, I went, that's funny. And it's actually Harry Shearer and how he acts this is really important because he actually plays it so good-naturedly that when he finally gets out, everyone else is getting in, and he's just trying to act like he gets, he puts his arm in as it's closing. It's like, that's good enough. I love how the, the banging with the hammer. Oh, the banging. <laughs> and, Jay, and they're looking at each other. David's just looking behind him. Going, like, what, what is that? You're bang, bang, bang. It's just oh, like this ball-peen hammer. Yeah, brilliant. And they're like, they get like a flame torch out as well afterwards. It's, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's, it's perfect. There's an interview with the drummer. Uh, he's in the bath. Uh, they said, "You ever concerned taking on this gig?" And he's like, "They sat me down. <laughs> and they warned me." But I guess basically the story is, "Yeah, it's worth it." Um, then we see Nigel's trying out new things musically, um, and so he plays this lovely piece on the piano. It's nice. And they go, "What was that?" He goes, "Awesome. I'm working on it. It's in." Uh, it was in D minor, which I think is the saddest of all the keys, which I think is hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Um. As if one key would be sadder than the other. So anything minor will sound sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But he says, yeah, I think there's Mozart and there's Bach, and I come, like, somewhere in between there. <laughs> and they go, okay, great. What's it called? And so he's made all these classical references, right? Yeah. And he goes, it's called Lick My Love Pump. <laughs> <laughs> so straight, though, isn't it? Yeah. That's funny. Um uh, and then we have a cut to Harry Shearer getting stopped at security, and he's is that off a metal detector? And yeah. so the, the the great joke is that he stuffed a, a zucchini or a cucumber or a gourd of some sort down his trousers, wrapped in tinfoil. Oh, it was it wrapped in tinfoil? Yeah. yeah, that's why it's. I'm like, why is it setting it off? Yeah. I thought it was cling film. No, it was tinfoil. Uh, tin Cellophane for those of you in the U.S. and Canada. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tinfoil. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it's that idea of that, you know, that need to present that that machismo-ish image. That's funny. So um, I thought it was like a, um, what is it called? A prince? I, I thought the joke was going to be it's a I thought album. it was going to be a piercing yeah. of some sort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this is funny because it shows he's, he's like insecure. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. He's not even on stage. He's just walking around with a tinfoil. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? That'd be so uncomfortable. Why uh, we- would you wrap it with tinfoil, though? Like, especially if you know you're about to go through a metal detector. I guess so you can have, the, so yeah, you can have this true. joke, but yeah. yeah. But like, what is the logic in this man's brain? It would have been interesting. It. They, it's something that they didn't do, and we, it's, maybe it's time to talk about it now. They don't really talk about, for a movie that talks about sex, drugs, and rock and roll, we see a passing reference to, to, to sex. We see no drugs that I can remember, no. and no alcohol that I can really remember. No, that's true, actually. Hmm. Yeah. So you could have easily played this off like he's drunk, he's high, he's, you know, yeah, not in his right sense. And instead they go completely, it was like we take, maybe that's why they're punctual. Maybe these are the only non-partiers that we have. Teetotalers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there we go. Uh, and then we go to the song Heavy Duty, um, which there was a line. I thought I, oh, I thought I wrote it down. Oh, yes. Heavy Duty brings out the duty in my soul. <laughs> Uh, also, I just want to make some eardrums bleed. And they cut to a guitar solo, and the guitar solo is Mozart. Wow. <laughs> I was like, what is, is that this? Like, yeah. that, was, that was Mozart. Oh, wow. And I was sitting there going, oh, this guy's really nice with the last bit. But now you're clearly establishing this guy is really the musician of the band, yeah. which doesn't line up with the bit where he can't he can't find the right harmonic line. Because to do what he's doing as what seems like the primary songwriter of the band, mm. he'd have to know how to do these things. <laughs> Um, so the autograph signing there's no one there and harry shearer is making a lot of noise and there's this guy who's like the local promoter who's like kick me in the ass go ahead just kick me that is david letterman's right hand man paul schaefer no yeah i saw the name paul schaefer yeah 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 he's bald with glasses yeah yeah so i looked at i went there's no way so I looked it up. I, I went, this can't be the same one. And I saw the picture. I went, yeah. I went, so I went, David Letterman, Paul Schaefer. Um, and so I found his Wikipedia page and saw about Letterman. And then at the bottom, it's like film rules. And he is, he, that is him. That's cool. That is nuts. Yeah. He's also seems much chubbier than he, than he is. Obviously he they're all with. friends, aren't they? Yeah. To do this film. They're, they're all, they all know each other. Paul Schaefer's very funny. So he'd have been doing like, I imagine some sort of musical comedy at this point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um we go so here's my issue with this part everything outside of the concert venues suggests to me nobody likes spinal tap yeah it suggests that every concert we go to in the first half of the film especially 
It's packed. There is. They're chanting yeah. for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're living the rock and roll. Like no point to be cut around. There's only like 50 people ever in nope. the audience. Like people love these guys. Yeah. Not but until the end. Not anyway, yeah. one person comes to their autograph signing. That's weird, isn't it? It is weird. Um, again, I think it's an idea of almost like sketches Loose. that get thought up yeah. without yeah. the thought of a, a, yeah. of a, of a linking kind of concept here. Yeah. Um, the gig that night, they're all chanting for Spinal Tap right after you showed me, like literally the next scene. <laughs> Nobody comes to our signing. Tap, 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 tap. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. And they're doing that. And the, it's, it's it's a shot that's been done in a million concert films where the camera's following the band as they walk through the oh, sort of gutters of the arena on the yeah. way to the stage. But they get lost and have to get directions from like the boiler man. And so they go and they make the wrong turn and they come back. It's all in one take. And they right. come back to the boiler man again. <laughs> Fantastic. This was based on like a Tom Petty. I'm trying to find the exact thing. It was based on uh, a Tom Petty joke. I think I'm trying to find the exact thing. Uh, ignore me. Continue. Okay. Afterwards, Nigel and Janine argue about the mixing of the album. Um, she gets it wrong. She tries to say something's like not Dolby. She says it's something else. Dublin. 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 I thought it was Dublin. Yeah, yeah. Dublin. Yeah. Uh, but Dublin, Dublin. And she, they make fun of her. because. But Ian asked a great question. Are you a member of his band? Why are you having a voice? Now, what might have been great is for Nigel to jump on board with this too. Yeah. Because it felt like it was ever Janine versus Ian or Janine versus Nigel. But they were both around when the fights were taking place. So why at no point? That was just my issue. Yeah. I, mean, I wanted to see more. And you can see that David's in the middle. And he's like, He's like, oh, there's not they don't like each other. They just have a communication problem. And it's like, okay, that w- I was going to see more of that side of him being torn. Yeah, and, and see the the, the, the the similarities between them two. The problem comes when you have hundreds of hours of footage or whatever, and you're just cutting the best yeah. bits. Yeah, 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 yeah. That it, You might have had some of these threads, but depending on what you pick, mm. that's going to cause problems. I found it. Okay. Uh, it was based on a Tom Petty video where he was at a concert in Germany, and he walked through a series of doors to find the stage, and ends up in a tennis court. Oh, very cool. <laughs> um, and then Janine has this idea about them all dressing up as animals, which feels like it's a bit of a kiss reference. Yeah, but he does yeah. a kind of a kiss thing anyway, doesn't he, with the, the tongue? Yeah, but, but like yeah, the full yeah. makeup and the gimmick yeah, yeah, of it yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Nigel, after being told, no, that's too expensive. That can't do that. Stuff Nigel's got an idea about Stonehenge. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what's the oldest of all time? And it's Stonehenge. And Ian's like, do it. I think Aerosmith did an album with Stonehenge. I believe it's Black Sabbath. Yeah. Because there's get, some controversy I'll, about this. Oh, yeah, okay. I'll get to this in a second. Okay. So they draw up the kind of the idea for, you know, Stonehenge, you know, basically giant dominoes yep. kind of on top of each other. Uh, if you want more about that, go listen to our episode on Brave. Over, I'm talking to Mickey where they have lots <laughs> of rocks and we argue about bears uh, and fishing and how you spend your time. Um, what do we got? I'd rather here? be a bear fishing than watching this. <laughs> um, Nigel wants Stonehenge's design for the music on stage. Um, we cut to him for a brief, and he goes, "Did you feel like Dave appreciates your musical collaborations?" And he goes, well, "In my solos, we do." And of course, he does cut to this really overindulgent <laughs> guitar solo. Where he's playing one and then he uses his foot to like <laughs> strum guitar other guitars. Like two guitars and a violin. And then yeah. he grabs a violin and uses it to play his guitar. So and then sad. he tweaks the tuning knob on the violin, <laughs> but never plays the violin. He just goes back to playing, using it as like a bow for the electric guitar. That's funny. It's really fun. It's a great, 
I'm glad they found somewhere to put that bit because that's quite yeah. funny. It's a visual joke. Yeah. And then we go back to the Stonehenge concert, and um, oh, we get told before us though they bring out the Stonehenge, the, the 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 person on the tour who's responsible for designing things, I guess. Yeah, has what Ian thinks is a mock-up. And she argues, what do you mean mock-up? You asked for this. And the piece of paper said 18 inches. And a joke, which didn't get paid off till much later, is that inches is two commas beside it. Or inverted commas, whatever they are. Yeah. Um, whereas if it's one, it's feet. Ah. So um, that's why it's so so much smaller. Now, at no point did he go, well, can you go ahead and just make one? Yeah. That's bigger. <laughs> so he's like, this is, st-. he's like yelling at the girl. This is stupid. This is how we can't go on like this. And then he tells the band, all right, so this is pretty good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and he asked to sell it. And we cut to the concert. And uh, the song is called Stonehenge. And there's this whole like rock opera introduction to it before history. There were people, the Druids. I like this bit. It's dramatic. And they play a song called Stonehenge. And it's a pretty good song. And then at the yeah. end, they lower Stonehenge. And because it, you see it first in the kind of up elevated, you're like, oh, did they get around to making it? And then as it comes down, you're going, oh, no, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> this pathetic little thing. No one can see it. And then they bring out two little people who are dressed like leprechauns <laughs> who then like river dance around it. And knock into each other. Yeah. So it's very much not a a positive and so this causes a big fight at the end of it um dave complains and ian goes hey you're making a big deal out of this and he goes i wish you had made a big deal out of this <laughs> might be the funniest line in the movie for, for, for my, my money i'm like that's really clever so this is where black sabbath comes in okay go ahead so at this point in time ozzy osbourne and ronnie james dio had left black sabbath so it's kind of kind of up in the air right there but what, what's going on and uh, Don Arden, who is Sharon Osbourne's dad, uh, is like, oh, you know what I want? I want a Stonehenge prop. So he uh, orders, instead of uh, 15 feet tall, 15 meters tall. So it's a 50-foot Stonehenge, which was way too tall for anything. And this happens in October of 1983. The uh... film comes out in March 1984, which is after the tour happens. So Black Sabbath get really pissed about it. But the the Stonehenge scene in Spinal Tap was filmed in 1982. Yeah, it was filmed way before. Yeah, 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 so yeah they yeah, predict yeah. they that's, predict this massive. Maybe it's up. not. Maybe it's not the Simpsons that predicts the future. Maybe it's Harry Shearer. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe he's just. Maybe he's yeah. got some sort of otherworldly powers. He's from the future. <laughs> Um, I decided to use his power. Let's, let's not save any of these global tragedies. Let's get a Stonehenge joke in this movie I'm making. They see the satirical. That's funny great. Side. Let's like selfishly using your power. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So there is a big fight, and basically they petition to make Janine co-manager of the band. Ian won't have it, and so Ian quits. Get on him. Because they feel that Ian should be able to realize and fix the mistake they made. He's like, my whole life is fixing the mistakes that you All guys make. All of them, yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, he quits, and then she's then, the next day, she's the manager. Yep. And she's done them all. I said, look at the charts. And you think, oh, is it music charts? No, she's done astrology charts for all of them <laughs> yeah. to determine what the next move should be. And Nigel clearly ain't having it. Not interested. Uh, we go into the studio and Nigel and David fight because David can't play the guitar. He can't play his part. And it's quite vocally said, you don't know how to play a part. Uh, Nigel brings up Janine and says, you're distracted because she's around. 
Um, Harry Shearer, who's Derek, that's his name. Derek thinks, he goes, man, I'm lucky. We got two <laughs> poets in this band. It's my, they're like, fire and ice, though. My job is to bring them together. I'm the middleman. I'm the middleman. Like warm water. Like warm. That's <laughs> basically what happens when you put fire and dies. Which yeah. is probably, uh, that's probably one of my favorite bits of it, is that, is that line. Um, then we go to like, and from here, their career starts to like, really quickly go downhill because mm-hmm. the next gig is at lin force air Bay, lin limberg air force base which is the one gig fell through this is the makeup gig um spinal tarp um for fred willard shows up as their greeting officer yeah, it was good to see him I he, he so. passed recently yeah yeah um he says uh oh we've got all your records not you specifically but rock music <laughs> Um, he says, and they argue about, you know, military time, and it's a joke that's either not necessary or not given enough time to be funny. Yeah. Because they act confused for a moment, and he corrects it, and I'm like, that could have been really, if you elongate it and just have them not be able to get it. A lot of the jokes in this that I w- find funny, they either cut away from really quickly and don't give it chance to, like, breathe, yeah. or they don't elaborate on them, and I'm like, so you spend time doing X, Y, and yeah. Z, but then there's the jokes that I'm going, no, that's clever, I, keep that, and they cut away from it really quickly. Like I was growing a bit, but I'm going, you could have gone somewhere with this where it could have been like a recur... Like, this could have been their version of, you know, in Monty Python, it was like, don't let anybody else except for... He's not allowed to leave the room unless we go with him. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah. It could have been their version of that, this yeah. military time conversation. Especially because they've already been mm. called punctual. Like, yeah. make it, bring that back. But- and, and, now they've, and now they've been late for the first time ever. Yeah, but this is this is... All improvised, so. <laughs> yeah, but remember. You, you do one take. You go, let's try it again, but I got an idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's just workshop this. Um, so, because it's, it's not all, I mean, there'll be a story idea. Let us just say, where are we? Someone, someone in the audience, shout out a place. Well, no, I know that. <laughs> but I mean, I don't think they're, they're referencing back to too many things. Right, they? but it doesn't mean that you're only maybe, taking the first take, though. And also, no, no, maybe no. they should be, so it is more coherent. Like, I get that it's improvised, and that's there's a talent in improvisation, but if you've got 100 hours of footage, maybe actually that's a problem. Like, if you're too, if you're doing too much stuff and not focusing on one through storyline, or at least like a couple of storylines that are cohesive, it becomes really difficult to watch it and actually looks like it looks like amateur improvisation because you've not got anything that ties it together. I'd argue we can't damn the film because it's because it's so heavily improvised. I'd argue we also can't use the excuse, well, it's improvised. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. look at you guys, like fire and ice, and I'm warm water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just don't think I, I just don't think it's it was probably well improvised, but I don't think it's well put together of what they, I just what sat there with my director's hat on, going, "This could be better." There was a funnier moment here that they missed on. Um, what do we have here? Um, oh, he goes, let's get you on so we can get you off. <laughs> That's not what you want to hear. No. And then Fred Woodward says, give us a couple of slow ones, would you, so we can dance. And we cut to Sex Farm. Sex Farm. And it's a smash cut. Like, they're right in the middle of it. So it's so clearly juxtaposed. This film is well edited. I'll give it that yeah uh nigel's guitar isn't working his radio thing that we saw earlier it's now picking up interference isn't it i think it, it yeah. sounded like it was that like, had voices on it as it, if it was like because they're on an airbase it was picking up oh okay i it think lo- that's what it yeah. was yeah it was weird because there was this moment of them he stares at janine janine stares back and it was like did she like sabotage this or i think he's just picking up interference but again it wasn't what probably could have been is a story be in this film wasn't explained enough yeah, this wouldn't have a regular gig. Why are we at this Air Force base? Yeah. We, we can, and that might be on the cutting room floor. That might be, but... That's not the film we're watching. Is we it? cut, yeah. and we find out that Nigel's left the band. 
uh david has determined uh he's interviewed he says in six months i don't feel any different about this than will any of the basically other dead drummers who have gone by people i think he said have been in the band and he says (laughs) and he goes and this is one of the few times where uh rob reiner's character kind of pushes the envelope and goes you can't really mean that he's no different than any of the other 37 people you've you've played with you've been with him since you were like children yeah yeah, he stayed yeah and he goes "Ah, i'll tell you what i'll never i'll never play with him again and determined never to play with him again and we cut to the last concert we see which is a puppet show and spinal tap <laughs> which is ironic isn't it uh i guess it's the opposite of what i expected yes why why is that liam uh because we reviewed the muppets yeah so we did a puppet show last week <laughs> yeah. and we're doing spinal tap this week <laughs> yeah yeah there we are oh, and of course sorry. of course muppets are not puppet show they're muppets no, they're muppets but really quite uncanny how that synced up for us <laughs> um they're playing in the amusement park which i thought might have got georgia into the film because georgia loves parks uh <laughs> didn't see any of it but only in the i saw ferris wheel I saw ferris wheel in the background yeah, yeah they don't count uh they have no set list it turns out without nigel can you do no no we have no songs <laughs> he's the set list guy to which point um a uh, derek says we could do a jazz odyssey he says, i'm not doing jazz in front of an audience and said we're not doing this smash cut welcome to spinal tap to mock two mock two yeah and it's the jazz version everyone's booing them and i don't know if you know janine's on stage now with a tambourine oh yeah she's in the band yeah she's liam um (laughs) so what do we oh sorry it wasn't the last um concert my bad so we cut to them at another one of these hoity-toity parties and we found there's one gig left and then they're done and Derek, the bass player, says, look, no one wants to be 45 and in a headbanging. I'd be very curious about the age game. But no one wants to be 45 and in a headbanging band. And basically, a couple of shots, maybe, like the Stones, who were about that age. Yeah, around these, that time. The, these career rock and roll bands they, who... The 80s was a bad time for the Stones. Yeah. Because uh, they were off doing solo-y stuff. And I think they, they found their feet and realized, you know, we're better off together. But you got to break the band up so you can get them back together. Yeah, of course. But Oasis, they basically Oasis, Oasis. Oh, they're never getting back. They will, they will, they if, will. If it would have happened by now. Liam, no, get together. Um, they will. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> um, so nobody wants to be a forty-five-year-old headbanging before dwindling crowds, and they talk about all these other things they want to do. Um, Dave wants to play all his acoustic stuff with the London Fifth Harmonic, which is what like these like when the bands break up these are the sort of side projects that happen it is it is and and uh the bass player is like yeah i, I want to write a musical i want to do some other ideas yeah if anything they should be envious of us it was a, a rock musical about jack the ripper okay there we, hey, there we are yeah which sounds actually oh, quite I see which that. sounds quite interesting yeah. yeah um and so they're getting ready for their final show ever and nigel walks in and says i'm a messenger ian sent me and sex farm has charted in Japan, like the BFE. Am I talking? Am I talking? The Mickey still does in Japan. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Um, so we're, we're number five or something in Japan, and so I've been sitting to say, "You want to do another tour this time of Japan and live that?" You just said in the last scene, "We don't want to be that caricature." Yeah, and so he wishes them a good show. He doesn't push it though, does he? He's really nope, humble. Uh, Janine leaves the two of them alone. Nigel wishes David a good show. He watches from the wings, at which point he's, he gets the head wave on from Dave to come on and join them. And this is that same tonight. We're going to rock you tonight yeah. from the beginning. He joins in right in time for a solo. Lot fortunate they had a guitar waiting for him. <laughs> yeah. Tuned up and plugged in. 
<laughs> and not just his girlfriend's tambourine. Yes. Um, so, and when he gets back on stage and the three of them play together, there is so much joy between the three of joy them. and camaraderie. Yeah. Oh, like it's like. Like it was meant to be. Nothing else. It's just the three of them have fun playing on stage together. I'm saying, so I always wanted to be in a band. When I was in high school, I wanted to be in a band. When I was in my 20s, I wanted to be in a band. The problem is all my good friends were already in a band together. And there was just, there wasn't room to get in. And I never asked. So <laughs> if Chuck's listening to this, he might be like, what? Yeah, yeah totally want to be in the band. Um, and then other people would, would find that I could sing and would like invite me to join their bands. And it was either, either it wasn't a fit musically. You'd go, I, we don't, we don't like the same music. It's not, it's not going to work. Or you'd go there and it'd be like, you do that weird thing. Like they'd play one of your songs. If you played one of their songs and that was always weird. And then one guy, like, I think he thought he would have loved this. Cause he thought his amp was like a beer counter. <laughs> so if he had a beer, he would turn it up like one more notch on the volume level. Oh. And I was like, I can't even hear my own guitar and I'm playing it. Yeah. I can't even hear my own vocals. I'm like, what am I doing here? And I try and do like, I remember I tried to do this modern interpretation of won't back down by top petty. Right. Cause he goes, cause I won't back down is very, you know, yeah, I yeah. will stand my ground. So I went kind of, um, you know, I know what's right. I got this one life. And he, I was singing my part and he would like sing over me. Like I was getting it wrong. I'm like, I'm not doing it wrong. I'm just, your doing something new with it yeah, yeah, or are we yeah. just gonna just be this really boring everything's by the Covers. so that didn't work and then yeah. the one time i got it was one group i got together with and i was like oh my word this actually works i do play well with others after all <laughs> it's not a me thing do you know a, and then that didn't work out because someone moved away so that was a shame there's a there's a brilliant moment with pink floyd um i know i could come back to them but they're such a good band um when they split up in the 80s, that had been about 83, I should imagine. Um, uh, Gilmore and Waters had this really bad rift with each other for years and years and years and years. And Live 8 came about, which was the, the sequel to Live Aid. Yeah, I remember Live 8. Yeah. <clears throat> that was about 2005, I think. And um, it was led again by Bob Geldof. Yep. And it, Bob Geldof's been good friends with them for years. And he loves the band. And he tried to get them together for um, Live Aid, and they wouldn't do it. And so he said, look, guys, just promise me, get together. Come on, how, how great would it be? And he finally got them together. And when you watch the performance, and they're doing Comfortably Numb, there's a bit where Gilmore is um, standing there with his guitar and singing away, and he glances over to, to Roger Waters, and yep. there's a wry old smile, like... He goes, yeah, this is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, that was really nice because they hadn't performed together for years. Yeah, I've never seen, I've always had instead had to be the guy on stage would just meet, meet me and, and a guitar. And I was fine. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty good at it. But I've never had that, that feeling. Very rarely. Pockets. But never a proper, we're in a band. Yeah. So let's, let's start a BFE band. <laughs> I'll be the bass player because I can't play anything. Um, as we're doing tonight, we're going to rock you. T I can teach you to play bass in five minutes, man. Uh, yeah. Tonight, we're going to rock you tonight. Uh, as that's going on and they're having fun, we cut to them. And now the crowd's all Japanese. And clearly, they're in Japan doing the tour now. And the drummer's changed. They've changed their <laughs> costume. And the drummer instead is someone else now. Yeah, so that was a funny joke. And Ian is clearly back as the manager. He's standing up. And we see Janine sitting down. I guess the assumption is he's got his power back and she's no longer controlling yeah, the band. She knows her place. Mm, yeah. um, she still had a folder, though. So it looked like they probably actually were working together. Maybe there's something. Because, yeah, yeah Ian, Ian was doing too much. That was the problem. 
Yeah. So um, we you go we go to the coda, and it's just a, the credits with a bunch of not, outtakes. Isn't the right word because oh, yeah. they don't break down, but stuff that they just didn't put snippets. Yeah. They didn't put it anywhere else. Um, we get asked. Uh, Dave gets asked, "Does rock and roll keep, keep you in a state of arrested development?" And uh, he says, I believe everything I read. <laughs> Maybe that makes me a more open-minded person. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's about having a good time all the time. Good time uh, Derek tells time. us. And that's the, um, that's the end of This is Spinal Tap. A contender, I think, for maybe Georgia's Resty at the end of the year. <laughs> yep. uh, a bitter end note. Uh, in October 2016, Harry Shearer filed a $125 million fraud and breach of contract lawsuit against um, Studio Canal, uh, who basically purchased all the Embassy Picture stuff. And Vivendi, who owns the studio, he says he and the other co-stars of the film received only $179 for sales of merchandise and music. Wow. Over the last 30 years. Uh, it was, uh, he was joined by, uh, the other principal members, guest McKeon and Reiner. Uh, they won a $400 million in damages. Uh, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Um, basically it eventually gets settled out of court. Um, I'd like 400 million in damages for watching it. <laughs> uh, but as, uh, Ethan said, there will be a sequel, uh, it was confirmed May 2022, and all the uh, all the um, principal cast members will return. So there I, we go. I, got, I get a feeling this is going to be more scripted. <laughs> uh, I don't. Do you not? No, because the first one's this, like, people hold this in, 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 in very high regard. Why would you mess with that? I think it'll be like uh, Borat 2. Borat 2 was, had, like, kind of an idea of where it was going but a lot of it was just improvised to no. get to point i think borat and this are very i don't think you go it will be like borat too because borat too is like spinal tap yeah that's my point I there, think, like, the, so the, why bring up borat too it's gonna be like no, spinal tap no, borat, borat's already done its sequel is is yeah. what he was comparing it borat, to borat is basically borat 2 is just borat again but they have like a semblance of uh, more cohesive. Well, no, because Borat Two is it's it's because Borat Two half the people in the film think it's a legit documentary. Yeah, that's not going to happen with Spinal Tap. No, there's no, no he way. With, he was going with tone of film, like what they did with it. Is it going to stay the same as the first Spinal Tap, or is it going to get more silly or less silly? And I think Ethan's saying with Borat Two, it stayed mostly the same with a little bit more cohesion whereas that's what he think will happen with the sequel to spinal tap okay i mean like i'll just say i don't get it (laughs) yeah no i mean like more focus on creating a narrative and then also improvising around getting to a narrative well i will never watch borat 2 i struggled with the first one borat 2 was good Borat, yeah, Borat is a fun time. I brought you. Uh, I have some big questions about it, which he said, I, we, we did a Cedar Skip it on that, didn't we? Yeah, Ethan? we did. Go way back in the archives. Look up Borat 2. Uh, the Academy Award nominated Borat 2. Yeah. Really? It was a slow year for film. I will remind everybody yeah. of that. Sonic the Hedgehog, I think, was one of the ones for animation. I watched that yesterday. Good movie. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. it. I'm going to push this button. <laughs> We're in the end game now. Yeah, we are in the end game now. Liam, we need a random word, buddy. Random word is Jack the Ripper. Okay. Your random your random gif is Jack the Ripper, peeps. Off yeah. you go. Um, the money, money, money. $2 million budget. Mm-hmm. It's small, comparatively. What does it make at the box office? Eight. I think it's a slow burner. Eight mil. Liam? 
Ten and a half. Ten and a half. Ethan, do you know this? Um, yeah, I'm stepping away because I saw it when I was doing my research. Uh, George is right, our closest, but a 4.7. Yeah, oh, so burner, yeah. it is one of those things like yeah. those movies that we think should be massive. Austin Powers is one of them. Yeah. And you're like, these things live on actually more through after the fact. They just don't they don't go away. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more one of those. Um, the awards. It was nominated for zero Oscars, if you can believe. <laughs> no, <laughs> to, not best script. To quote Liam. Uh, no, it didn't win best original screenplay. No, <laughs> to, to, to quote Liam. I guess it would be adapted because it was based on characters that already existed. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. not best adapted screenplay. Um, uh, to quote Liam, it's not going to win any Oscars, is it? Um, nope. <laughs> best song. Ooh. The one they drew about the train line. The, fir- the one that they did yep. was like their yeah, first song. Yeah, that's, that's my one. favorite. Yeah. Oh, and I liked his little um, jingle. That he plays on the shingle. <laughs> the bu- this beautiful piece of music that actually gives some credit to the film that he nice. plays on the piano. Yeah, that I bit. liked it. Yeah, yeah. I, give I like the the pod song. The pod song's great. Um, I'm just looking at the list here. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with. Um, I liked Stonehenge, but I'm gonna give it to yeah. tonight. I'm gonna rock you tonight. Well, yeah, that's a good song. They're, they're, they're all you like open, you close. Well, there's a reason. Yeah, it's yeah, basically, yeah. it's like it's just like the Muppets. It's a finale. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. what it is. And we've heard it before. So you go, oh, I know the song. Yeah. It gets you pumped at the start. Gets you pumped at the yeah. end. It does its job. It does. Um, who would you first off if, if we we're doing a band? Mm-hmm. Who would do what? You'd be the singer. Would I? Yeah. Awesome. You're the only one of us that can play guitar, so yeah, you yeah. kind of have to do that role. All right. We all know I can't play guitar. Are you going to be the one with the tambourine off to the side? No, I'll pl- fully play drums. Thank okay. you very much. <laughs> fully play drums. All right. Yeah, I'd be Janine. I'd be the. You were sitting to play bass a minute ago. <laughs> well, I've, how can I, I don't know how to play. Oh, I've taught many people how to play bass. It takes oh, really? take you five minutes to teach how to play bass. Okay. Oh, for sure. If Sid Vicious can do it, I'm, I'm sure like I can. one of Ian's only failed guitar teach like. Well, I was teaching you how to play guitar, not bass. I could, bass would have been dead easy. Well, I, 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 the strings. I can't do the strings. Yeah, but you bass you only play one one note at a time. You should know this. Ian's always playing the strings. I can't press them down. That you, was part you'd be, of the problem. You'd be fine. <laughs> you missed my joke. I'm sorry. I said you should realise Ian's always pulling the strings. There we are. Very hey. good. Uh, uh, electric strings are much easier to push down. I think bass are, aren't they? They're looser. Uh, well, basses are bigger, so you, it's, it's less. it doesn't hurt as much. Yeah, yeah. And there's also less tension. Yeah, I yeah. probably could do that, but like... Guitar is a no. Uh, Ethan, you've got a whole bunch of stuff available to you. Um, He'd play the gazoo. Gazoo? Ethan would be our jazz flautist. <laughs> oh, you know what? I used to be real good at the harmonica. There you go. I can imagine that, yeah. actually. A I, guitar, uh, drums, a tambor- an extra tambourine, just because. <laughs> or maybe a bass at times. And, t- and, and, and whatever he said, a kazoo or yeah. whatever it was. I, I can play the harmonica and the ocarina. Yeah, yeah. Didn't yeah, you yeah. only learn... To play the ocarina because of ocarina Zelda, of time. Though. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I know the I know the song of healing and the song of time. Who would you cast as who? Liam would be Harry Shearer's part. <laughs> I don't, I just can't remember who. He's the bass player. Brings them all together. Uh, okay, yeah. Oh yeah, I am with the big with the big am, shaggy hair. I'm a bringer together, aren't I? You are a bringer together. I am. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm like lukewarm water. I want to be. I want to be Christopher Guest. You're the blonde one. But oh, so you want me to be the guy with the with the girlfriend? Yeah, I think uh, you're the blonde one. See, that's the thing. I said I want to be Christopher Guest, but I have a feeling I'd be cast as as Michael McKean. Mm-hmm. Which is Ethan one of the drummers? 
I'm, I'm like the, th- <laughs> I'm the third. Tr- I die in Isle of Lucy. It's just, it's just, it's just yeah, yeah, Ethan yeah. in various costumes throughout the film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> different guys. We're slightly different distinguishing marks, so we know yeah. it's not the same guy. The 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 mustache is like a little bit more curled each time. <laughs> um, I've got in my notes. Does this film have a villain problem? It has a story problem. And that, we'll talk about villain, that. What the villain problem villain is part problem? of it. Well, most films need an antagonist of some and sort. There isn't. I guess if it's Janine if there is one, isn't it? No, I like yeah, her. But but she's just trying sudden. Oh, no. She's trying to muscle in. No, she's, she's trying to help the band out. Yoko Ono She literally ends up help. on stage with them. Like The yeah. first introduction when he says, oh, yeah, I can't wait to see you, we get the cutaway to Christopher Guest going, mm, we're taught from the beginning, Do not." the film tells us, do not like this person. Yeah, but I do. Well, Especially I think it's a, she's, because of a power trip, but I think she's genuinely trying to help. Out of curiosity. Oh, she's a clear Yoko Ono. Out of the curiosity, which of the two main leads did you like better? Uh, Michael McKean, the guy with the girlfriend, or uh, Christopher Guest, the guy without the girlfriend? Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest. Guest. Because he's respectful. I the third guy. So. Oh. No, but of the two, because it's two. important. Because because it is a power struggle between these there two is a in this power film. Struggle, yeah. I uh, probably the blonde guy. To be fair. Yeah, I felt bad I feel, for him. I feel bad for McKean, but I like Chris. Oh, McKean's like whipped. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like he, it's weird. He's the leader of the band, or singers usually are, but he's totally controlled by this outside force. But no, because she speaks up in the band meeting. That's not trying to help. It's, it's, it's supposed to be a band meeting. You don't get to talk unless you're in the band. Mm-hmm. There's a whole like social structure here. Yeah, it's, it's not yeah but they're, they're clearly struggling. If someone else has got outside opinions that might help, then you let them in. No, if you had, if, if you were dating someone and they sat over there and they started chiming in on a podcast meeting about, yeah, I'd be like, no, 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 no. Sorry, I don't believe we asked your opinion, hypothetical boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> know your role and vanish again. I mean, we're not going to worry about that, have we? But, <laughs> but that—that's I mean, what it would be, though. It's, it's the same idea. Oh. Yeah, it's a band thing. You wouldn't you wouldn't have somebody in in I'm open to everyone's opinions, so there yeah, we go. Yeah, but I mean, if you've got a band and you want to go in a certain direction, you're not going to listen to Next Door, are you? It's hard enough already when you have a band of, let's say, four people, even though yeah. there's three main characters in this, right? Three, maybe the manager for a fourth, but you've got three main opinions. It's hard to find a consensus there before realizing you've got two people who are almost like a mini alliance survivor type who are coming as a power block and voting together. I mean, look at look at look at the Eagles. They can so be their country, rock, pop, anything. Well, Bluegrass. Now, this is something, again, it might be a barrier to to access in the movie. Yeah. Okay, culturally. We kept making the reference to Yoko Ono. Yoko Ono was the wife of John Lennon. Right. John Lennon was a Beatle. I thought Yoko Ono was something to do with Oasis. No. No. Is there a name like that to do with Oasis? No. No. There's a Bare Naked Lady song, Be My Yoko Ono. Oh, okay. I don't know. Um, Yoko Ono was an absurd artist. In, in many when her and very when, avant-garde yeah avant-garde that's yeah. the word um she was had a when john lennon met her she had nothing in front of her she's the one warbling in the background on yeah. a very merry christmas yeah. and a happy new year he involved that's, her in a lot of things and she would come into recording sessions yeah. and she would you know the feeling was she was changing john's perspective on things that previously had not and, and so and when you see that when you see documentaries and stuff and you see um the band all sitting together all four of them and then you see Yoko just off to the side. Yeah. It do feel like a bit of a, an intrusion. So I haven't seen the Beatles love yet on Disney, which I really should watch this summer, actually. I'm not thinking oh, yeah. It. And it's Peter Jackson as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But, but these sort of behind like the get scenes. Back or something. Get back. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, so, but so I think when she comes in, I think an audience of that time 
would go, oh, she's Yoko Ono. And so therefore, we're going, I don't like her. And when she starts speaking up, we're going, Yoko Ono. Because Yoko gets blamed for breaking up the Beatles. I don't think it's Yoko's fault the Beatles break up. It's totally a Paul McCartney thing. Yeah. But Yoko kind of becomes the, they were fine until she got involved. But they were going to, they were going to split. They were splitting anyway. But, but Yoko kind of becomes the, I think for scapegoat. I mean, yeah, especially because it's 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 a woman who's coming from the outside. It's yeah. a non-white woman who's coming from the uh, from yeah, the outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, and um, her music isn't good either. So people, oh, she's not like, talented. No, no. <laughs> There's the, have you seen that video? Her, it's like her, her and her her music goes, is very ah! avant garde as well. No, like basically her legacy now is I was the wife of John Lennon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 John Lennon's second wife. Second, yeah, Cynthia. Yeah. Cynthia, yeah. Cynthia was his first, the first wife. wife. Yep. So there we go. Um, not that this, I think he left her. I mean, there's all oh, these no, things. No, no, John no. was not a saint on the road. No, far from it. No. Um, but anyway, so I think that is something where you go instantly. I'm going Yoko Ono. You, you might not have that. No. Okay. Um, so is this film of a villain problem? I don't think so. And no. at the end, like there is some sort of justice in the sense that we leave the band the same way that we began with them. Which is nice. In many ways. Yeah. Uh, what should this film have been called? <laughs> Um, I mean, it's a mockumentary. I think shit sandwich. Oh, Would you like the Norwegian title? Yeah, go ahead. Help! We are in the pop business. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite good. good. Uh, and it's apparently related to airplanes. Help! We are flying. Oh, okay. That's yeah. Um, whose story is it? The bands. Even one specific. I think, I think it's the two. It's yeah. Them, yeah, it's them two. It's the it's, two of them. But it's not. Yeah, I can't. I can't boil it down to one. I can boil it down to two because they grew up together. They in the band together. They split up and come back. And I mean, what is the story? And it's hard to argue this because it's a bit Friendship. absurdist. I mean, it's 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 like trying to look for deeper meaning than Monty Python's Holy Grail. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Loosely mm. friendship, I guess. At least there's like a through arc in <laughs> an established at the beginning through arc. Oh, don't get me wrong. Like if you actually rank them, like 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 Monty Python and the Holy Grail does like three laps of this thing. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. But it's 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 the same idea. Like let's have a premise, let's riff on it with individual moments. Um, whereas I think probably you're right. They had a more defined story going yeah. in, and you could riff as actually. I think their scripts were pretty solid. I think there's a lot of improving with Monty Python. Come no, to think not. of it, yeah. No. But but I think they're cousins in many ways. This absurdist kind of humor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I it's and I go. I really like. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah. I like that absurdist humour. I just don't like this one, and that's yep. What it is? I hadn't picked up, but you didn't like the movie yet. Had you not? No, I, I was going to no, spoil I the rankings. Really the end. didn't I'm, like I'm it. Get that feeling though. Um, a musical interpretation from this. Here we go. Ready for this? Because I want my musical interpretation to not be something from this. So a song that this reminds you of. Ethan, I need your backup on this one. I think. Okay. I'm going to recommend anything from the. I'm going to recommend. I think it's called Never Stop, Never Stopping yes from yes from yes that's something that one. kind of went down the same road if you haven't seen um um oh what's that's his like name a, uh, andy no no sorry what was that Ethan? uh andy samberg andy samberg the lonely island that's pop great. star brilliant pop star, boat. the pop star movie though he's done a movie oh, has he? with with his lonely yeah. island peeps about it's, a pop band that kind of goes through yeah. a similar thing oh, like okay. it's very much you can you can i mean Inspira- inspiration is not even the right word yeah, yeah, like yeah. clearly oh, it's like they just went, let's just do a, this is spinal tap for the modern days based on what they were doing it's like be- spinal tap if you mix in one direction and then have <laughs> justin bieber as your front man because his character i think is like connor forever or something i yeah. think yeah that that's like a clear and like mixing five percent zoolander with it 
I'd yeah, be yeah. interested in watching that to see if it is just the barriers that I didn't like this style of film in, or if I just don't like the style. Of well, film. I mean, they're not. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I mean, they're they're they're, they're kind of, I mean, the humor will be different because humor changes. Oh, humor yeah. changes over time. It's that's, a bit that's more a very like, definite thing. It's definitely more like catered to that, not like juvenile, but like easily accessible Lonely Island humor. Um, it reminded me of Weird Al Yankovic, though. Weird Al Yankovic is Weird Al Yankovic doesn't go long form. No, 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 no. Yeah. no. He's very short burst. Pockets, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and he goes cartoony, movie. though. I mean, like, yeah. he plays, like, he does Amish paradise, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, he shows up and dresses up like Amish people. Like, he he goes to, caricature's not, it's not a caricature. He goes to full out visual, I am Amish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As opposed to, I'm going to pretend to be someone rapping and therefore the joke is how much like a rapper i am he doesn't do that okay yeah, yeah. one of the most satisfying to watch music videos is word crimes because it is it's just it's just text heaven i wanted that daniel radcliffe world down world down where he looks really weird and i'm kind of interested um pivoting thank you ethan uh, <laughs> <laughs> um georgia let's start with you. role of women in this film not great, is it? No, it's terrible. No. No. What do you mean? Front cover of an album? How great is that? Well, thankfully, I, I will give him credit for this. Like, if you'd shown anything, you can't take a step back from that. No, no, no. If no, they'd no. shown, here's our mock-up, I don't think you can get back from it's, that. It's, it's not necessarily horrendous. It's just very neutral. There's, it, there's nothing to it. Well, I would argue it's not good, if I may. Well, so, again, you've got the you've got the Yoko Ono well, yeah. thing over it. Where the only main female is Yoko Ono. You know what I mean? Whereas mm. I see her as someone trying to help, right. so that doesn't give what, me a bad interpretation. What do, here's the reading I've got. What, what are women there to do? They're there to break up the band. The boys, the friendship, the camaraderie. What comes from them? A woman. Why couldn't she stay at home? Because are they meeting girls on the road? You're damn right they are, because we had that little scene of here's my special friend so-and-so, and here's yeah. so-and-so. And the only sort of positive female figure in the film really is the Fran Drescher character. Yeah, I was going to say, if she was in that a bit longer, I think it'd be a bit easier, but because she's she's there for, like, two scenes. Yeah, like if she'd popped up through... Th th imagine she's kind of like the Rashida Jones character in The Muppets, mm. and she keeps yeah. popping that through throughout the tour. That would have been cool. Mm. So, um, not great. Uh, favorite character? Georgia. Uh, the piano player. The piano player or the bassist? Earlier you said the bassist with the, with the big... Hair, but yeah, I like him as well, but I mean... The piano player, so you mean like the actual... The curly-haired guy, who does nothing. Oh, so the, yeah, he's just one of the extras in the in the film. Well, yeah, he's he's the fifth member of the band. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Because he hasn't upset me. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Liam? I like... I'm going to mention to you, only because one I like the look of, Janine. Uh, she reminds me of Bonnie Tyler. Okay. Um, I, do like, I do like her character. Because you're supposed to not like her, but I liked her. Because um, I understood what she was trying to do, and I, and she got put in a place, and you know, <laughs> like as far as a character, yes. <laughs> when it's the only woman in the film, you go, she got put in her place. It's not because she's a woman; it's because no. she's a character we didn't like. Well, yeah, it's not because she's a woman; it's because she's not in the band. Get yeah, out of the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's all. Um, but I liked uh, the the lead singer. Who, oh, Michael McKean. Uh, Dave. Not is blonde or brunette. The guy with brunette. the girlfriend. No, 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 no. He's not the lead singer. Why is he not? The guy with the girlfriend's the lead singer. Why the, did he break a minimum on to come and sing with? Oh, okay, see, yeah, yeah. He yeah. comes on. This is solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The guitarist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's his name again? Nigel. Nigel. I'd like to change my mind to the drummer. 
The one that spends the one in the bath. The one in the bath. Okay, I like the fair enough. In the bath. Yeah, yeah the, the the guitarist. I, I, I like it only because he comes back and he doesn't he doesn't make a big deal. He just says, "Look, good luck," and blah blah blah. He he learns from his mistakes, and they both learn together. Yeah, I'm going Nigel. I think Nigel does very little wrong in this film. That's the problem for this film is the fact that I think Nigel's a great character, and I think uh, I think Dave sucks. I think Dave totally sucks. Mm. And I actually, from the minute they introduce um, Yoko, and he no longer has, that's the other thing, because the film tells us he no longer has a spine or a backbone. It presents it as a bad thing, and yada, yada, yada. He's always looking to her for decisions about the band. And all I see is I see Nigel being overlooked. I see Nigel being, he's the one ready to play in the studio. Yeah, yeah. Look at what he's written that's something very, very different, but he's not allowed to bring it into the band for whatever reason. Um yeah, decisions being made about the... Uh, it just gets thrown on them. Nah, I'm a... And it's supposed to be this partnership, the two of them together since yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah, So, uh, Ethan, I realized I forgot to ask you. So, favorite character, bye. You're going to love this for a year ago. I like Ian. As, I think... As oh, a I do really manager, like Ian. That's he's true. He's so good. He is, he is. He has some of the, the funniest lines, I, I think, especially like his freak out about... Uh, the Stonehenge uh, model. <laughs> I, I fully, yeah, Ian's, Ian's really yeah. good. I'll give you I that love, one. I love how he, how he reacts, how the band reacts to the <laughs> other people, and then goes back to the band and be the other person. It's so good. It's like, oh, that's fine. I think you're making a big deal out of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they would. <laughs> um, best moment, best element. I know it's going to be challenging for you, Giorgio. What you got? Usually in this sort of situation, I'd lean back on cinematography, but like I didn't, I don't like the style that they did it in, so I can't even lean back on that. Like may, maybe I can go with that because it led to other things that were made in this style. There you go. There's my answer. It's legacy in the docu- mock okay. documentary world. Okay, so the fact that without that, we don't get the office. The office. We don't get okay. We don't get Modern Family. We don't get yeah. Okay, fair enough. That okay. The legacy. Okay, interesting. For someone who goes not really like this, but yeah. I like what it what it it leads to yeah okay the music i actually quite like the music and i think i'd listen to the album the soundtrack yeah music's excellent in this film and when you think they (laughs) play lyrics are questionable (laughs) but you know what they're catchy they are that's the surprising thing is how catchy they are supposed to be and the fact they're really playing their instruments yeah and they really wrote the songs that's impressive yeah Yeah, i just just don't i think i think some of the lyrics went too far but anyway that's yep uh, it's 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 yeah, that's a really interesting thing, Ethan. Uh, the pod concert, everything about Harry Shearer struggling and kind of giving up, and the pay. Oh, I love it! I love it so much. It's I I find it so funny. Um, what'd you say? I was, I was trying to think about pod concert. Oh, I was literally about to go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will go with overall them on stage, and it incorporates yeah. what Ethan's saying. Smile on Tap felt, because for this film to work, I have to believe that someone might actually consider them to be good. Or else, why do I care about these characters? Mm-hmm. And the, the, the concert footage showed me they were good. And it was, I think some of the thing, time things I laughed the most at were the subtle things that happened when they were in concert mode. And kind of referencing, you know, decades gone by of musical tropes and things of that nature including the need for these giant prosthetic um you know stonehenge or whatever those ridiculous yeah. things that the gimmicks that somehow at the end of a day album art stuff on stage the question is do you have songs yeah exactly yeah and can you perform i, I, w- I would have liked to have seen a spinal tap concert i think it would have been a fun thing to go to. i actually put in my notes caption the band in their essence 
Is that a, is that a challenge you want us to do? No, I, I quite like to oh, capture capture the band. Oh, this is caption. Like no. it was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, they captured the essence of a band. Yeah. No. Yeah. You I know? I totally believe this is a band. Yeah. I do. I totally believe this is a band. Yeah. A dysfunctional okay. band. Yeah. Well, this is like, this is like since to promote the second one. This, oh, I totally go. This is the comedic dysfunctional version of Almost Famous. Yeah. <laughs> a band full of infighting. Yeah. Who yeah. trying to figure out who they are and where they belong. Yeah. Maybe on the decline, but yeah. Definitely on the decline. Um, eh, okay, George, I'll start you off with this. A grumble. <laughs> a grumble. She, wait, you're saying that? <laughs> I was going to say, excuse me? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm grumbling just, uh, it. I'll go with something I've not already said, because I've said quite a bit, and I'm not going to just reiterate, because there's no point in that. Um, I do not like it in films where characters make fun of or mock someone for not being as intelligent as the rest of the group and they definitely did that in this and i don't like that because it's not anyone's fault if they're not as bright and then therefore making a joke of it that they can't understand is just i don't find it funny. with who with the with, it came across especially with the 18 inches bit he's like well you should know better than him it's your job to know better than him like and i just it just didn't sit right i don't like that taking like there was like two it was as if it was too more clever people having a conversation over the top of someone's head and it happens quite a lot in films of this era and i just don't like it okay it's fine can i tell you how i read the joke just so just just how my reading was actually different from yours my reading wasn't they were making fun of dave mckean's character uh, sorry dave for being stupid my thing was this is the entitled talent again saying no 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 it's not my fault you're supposed to catch my mistakes or you're supposed to catch his mistakes that's the idea that we don't take accountability for for anything and we're pushing it on you you should have known that and therefore she's so unreasonable because even though it's his mistake she's like no no but it's your fault but i'm just doing what i was told yeah, yeah. No, no, not with the lady. With when they're when they're discussing it afterwards with Ian, and I think it's yeah, blonde, that's blonde the scene dude. I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm saying the same thing. Yeah, not with not we're not the lady when the lady. Not the lady. No, no, no. When well, it's you, said, you just said she. Sorry. Yeah, because because it, it's 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 the girlfriend talking. Janine, Janine and Ian are having the argument. And it's this blonde dude that says something along. I think it's him. It's one of the other duck guys who says something along the lines of, "But you're supposed to, you're supposed to be brighter than him. Or you're supposed to be better than him." And the fact that they use that as a punchline, okay. I just don't yeah. like. I'm just saying what my reading of the joke was. That's that's 100 fine. Um, Liam, uh, because I was, I felt very mm, improvised. I felt like um, some bits landed and most of it didn't. With the um, arguing, because they argued over the top of each other, so they kind of got messy in places. Yep, and you're kind of like, what's going on? Because you're saying about one thing and then. And poor old Janine, the girl playing her, she didn't often, in between them fighting with each other, she weren't really quick on the... Oh, I don't think she's nearly at the same talent she, level there. No, are. and you could see her stop and go, oh, okay. What do I do here? Yeah, yeah, It, yeah, make, yeah, it yeah, makes yeah. the whole thing look and it made more it amateur. Look, yeah. As Ethan would say, janky um, in places. <laughs> You're picking that word up, man. That's one part I, of your vernacular. I, I am, aren't I? Um, yeah, it just seemed messy in, in places when they were arguing. Ethan? Uh, we kind of turbo boost to the end. Because it's an hour and 20 minute film and you, the second that we get to the hour mark, they go, oh no, how do we end this? Okay, we'll have some some conflict of the Janine stuff and he'll leave and then we'll go from there. But as soon as it happens, it's almost immediately resolved and it kind of just feels like, again, I know it's going into the trope of every band movie, but it's so sudden that it's almost like ruins the appeal. Yeah, I think you would use five more minutes. Between yeah. when he 
<laughs> when we were finishing watching it, I thought, I know what my best moment will be. The fact it's only 80 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> Not even that. Before credits, you're more like 70, 78 minutes. Yeah. yeah something like uh, it, it was nice to sit down and go, 82 minutes. Oh, thank God. <laughs> that was a nice number to see. Um, my thing is, and it pivots a little bit off what George has had. This was always my issue. And my issue is that I, I'm going to see this film in 2022 for the first time. And so my issue with the film is that um, humor is subjective. And I'll never get to see this film when it came out at the time it was supposed to come out. And some of the, not references are dated, but some of the humor becomes dated. And it's not as fun because it's not as present. Uh, I had something a little bit more sort of lined up in my head when I was first thinking of it earlier. Maybe I've already said it. Well, I know what you're saying because, yeah, because look at look at Georgia. She doesn't understand the cultural references to Yoko Ono and stuff like that, where when it first came out, you would have understood these. It would have been more funnier. It would have been funnier if I was at a time when Kiss were still modern, when yeah, it was yeah, still yeah. like, here's Guns N' Roses starting their ascent, when everybody yeah, with yeah, their shirts yeah. off on stage is the norm. Or it's yeah, still yeah. in popular culture, whereas this sort of band isn't really in popular culture at the moment. Although it's become, this film's become like a legend, the de- what it deals with becomes more and more niche with each passing year and yeah, so yeah. there are elements to that where you go kind of wish it was there so when george asked the question what do i do are we reviewing movies as to how we were now or how they were then i'm saying it's kind of both and neither at the same time yeah, this yeah. is what i'm talking about because i'm trying to remember what this would have been like if a time ago that's great and then at the same time going humor and things have gone to such different places like if you think now i mean we had some issues with the, some of the content if you think about some of the stuff jimmy carr was saying five years ago yeah and oh, it's yeah. out Even there like two years it's ago. it's out there on youtube you know what i mean mm-hmm. like and you think about some of the some of the places the stuff in the office that if you were to watch the office for a first time watch now you'd go oh this is a really hard watch i can't believe in the early 2000s we basically went go as close to the knuckle as you want nothing's the ricky gervais sort of universe nothing's off limits mm-hmm. and now you sit there and go oh we went way too far so humor and looking back and these things become difficult i studied underneath a historian who started off our first lesson uh in university with this idea that the historians live by this idea that the past is a different country we don't live there Mm -hmm. and what it means is we can't bring our morals into past times and so um but the same breath you don't turn your eyes and go but this is right, this is wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. So it, it, becomes, it becomes a challenge. And I think that was my issue with this film is I would have liked to have seen it for the first time closer to when it came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe my appreciation for it might be higher. I'll be curious for anybody else out there who chimed in with their first time watch what their response was. How funny would that have been to watch this as a three-year-old, though? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe to catch it maybe in the nine, maybe in the early 90s early mid 90s, 90s. that had been around the time i'd have been all right there and that's even with me with like knowing these cultural like i wasn't held back from anything but it has been a while since this stuff was yeah, present yeah, 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 yeah that's all so that's there anybody's best role ever definitely not humperdinka whatever his name is it's it's a mock it's hard it's a mockumentary it's yeah, not really say it's, no uh you think you think he's better as count rugen oh definitely it's actually a part to play as Count Rugen. Though. This is just play exaggerated I'll give you versions that. of what you think a because band is. Here's the real grumble. Here it is. Ready for this? This isn't a story. We just established this. This is a sequence yeah. of quotable moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's the, the, no one ever goes, I love the story. They give you individual lines or individual moments. 
which is why it's close to Monty Python in the sense that that's very quotable. But it also has the story. I think that has yeah. a story. I think this one falls short on that level. You said it from the beginning. It started from a sketch. Well, not you. Ethan, Ethan did, yeah. Ethan said it was a sketch. And this felt very sketchy all the way through. Yep. Where rather than a proper storyline, it was just a sketch after I mean, people sketch. People who call this one of the sketch. funniest movies that ever was, I'm like, have you not seen anything from across the pond? Have you not seen Monty Python? Seriously. Because mm. they are contemporaries of each other. But the funny thing is, American humor and British humor are completely different things. Yeah, but I mean, I was... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was... Uh... I like Americans that get English humor. Yeah. Um, you find that American humor is more slapstick rather than clever or observational. I think I saw American humor is based on what the characters do, whereas British char- British humor is more about who the characters are. Mm. I think I saw that somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is a, there's a lot more visual humor going on in this. Not that yeah, British yeah. humor doesn't have that. But anyway, there we are. Um, let's talk about, oh, it's this button's time. I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? <coughs> age game, age game. Let's all play the age game. Was that Ethan Coffin at the end of it? It was. Yep. Oh. Yeah, sorry, I'm dying. Um, <laughs> oh, it's all right, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be replaced with a different drummer next week. There right. we go. You will be. Yeah. Um, what we got? So, first off, we have Rob Reiner, the documentarian guy. I forgot his name. I'm going to call him Rob. Director? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 47. Oh, 36. What? 38. 35. Yeah. I can't believe I'm seven years older than him. Don't don't start with that stuff, Chase. Jeez. I (laughs) I gauge it from me. Yeah. Uh, I'm totally out. We have Christopher Guest. Is is that, which one's that? Brown hair? That's the guitar player. Brown hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. 32. Hmm, I'm gonna. Oh, jeez, that's a good guess. Thirty-one. Thirty-five. Good guess. <laughs> George was closest. Thirty-four. Ooh, close. Close. Uh, Tony Hendra, who is Ian, the uh, band manager. Oh, really? <laughs> Thirty-five. Thirty-eight. Thirty-two. Thirty-nine. Wow. Well done. That's right. <laughs> uh, Michael Ian, McKean. Ian recognizes Ian. You know what I mean? <laughs> the two Ians. Yeah. Uh, Michael McKean, who is the uh, the blonde one. The blonde one. Yeah. 32. 34. This guy, I feel, has always looked old. And that's the problem. Is <laughs> I think he's going to come across. Oh, what are we serious? You said 34? Mm. I'll go 35, but I would not be surprised if he's younger. Ian's correct. He's 35. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then finally, Harry Shearer, uh, good old bassist. Is that mustache guy? Mustache guy. I, 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 think, I think he's slightly older. 36. 34. 35. 39. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. The mustache hides the age. Yeah. I'm just trying to think because Harry Shearer's been around forever yeah, now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he got done with this, waited six years, and then began a 22 year run on The Simpsons that's still going on. Incredible. Like this guy's yeah. career is, is, is obscene. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Thanks a lot for that, Ethan. Um, no what do we got next? We've got the critics. The critics, Georgia. Um, what did uh, the good, the bad, and the Ebes? What do we got? Uh, we have got uh, Emmanuel Levi from well, his own website. Uh, says this is per- <laughs> so, so obviously not a review that came out during that time. <laughs> uh, no, this is a 2006 review. 
Uh, it says, this superb satire became the standard against which all mockumentaries are evaluated. The film was so successful that the fictitious group reunited for a series of live concerts and TV special, further blurring the line between real and real. As in R-E-A-L and I E. Homonyms. Yeah. See, I do understand how they work if they're done well. Yep. Um, then we have got uh, Dave Kerr from Chicago Reader. He says, this material is consistently clever and funny, though ultimately the attitudes are too narrow to nourish a feature-length film. And then we've finally, we've got Roger Ebert. Ebs. He says, this is Spinal Tap, assumes the audiences will get most of the jokes. I think that's right. Entertainment Tonight and Music TV and Barbara Walters specials have made show business trade talk into national gossip. And one of the greatest pleasures of this movie is that it doesn't explain everything. It simply slyly destroys one level of rock pomposity after another. Interesting. What do you give it? Mm, four. Wow. Okay. Um, again, I he also, has an understanding of... And it's over time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have done it as it came out. Yeah. Which is really interesting because the things he says in that... Oh, it's like I your argument in reverse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do have some musician critics as well, if you want those. Go ahead. Uh, so for the DVD uh, Metallica, a year and a life, year and a half in the life of Metallica, at the Freddie Mercury tribute concert, Metallica meets with Spinal Tap and discuss how their Black Album was an homage to Spinal Tap, Smell the Glove. Uh, <laughs> Foo Fighter and Dave, uh, sorry, Foo Fighters and, and Nirvana uh, musician Dave Grohl said that- One third never- of the uh, owner yeah. of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he said there's never really been a good documentary in rock and roll, uh, except for Spinal Tap, which was the only rock and roll movie worth watching, uh, as well as Don't Look Back. Okay. Um. Aerosmith's Brad Whitford said that Steve Tyler didn't see any humor in it because he just dispic- uh, saw it as true. And U2's <laughs> The Edge, my favorite one, U2's The Edge said that when he saw it, he didn't laugh, he wept because it summed up what a brainless swamp big label rock music has become. Yeah. They did a music, see, I was thinking about them when um, they did, uh, when, when we talk about the, the, the parties. Mm-hmm. and the who is this by the way and i've read a, a book by you two um where it said this is what they're so subject to and the idea being um there's a video they did i think it's called i think it's numb was the lead single for zeropa and it's just bono just doing like a, a straight look at the camera mm-hmm. at a party and then the last line is someone coming up to him saying there's someone here you have to meet you don't hear it but you can see the the lips and it kind of like groans and off they go because it was this idea of this is what music is it's not the stage. It's all this crap in between. In between, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, as Georgia gets ready, actually, I know it's just what we always do in it. So uh, I put out the fleece, as I'm known to do, and said, what do you think about Spinal Tap? Is it a, I said, is it an 11? Is it a good film, an okay <laughs> film, or a poor film? And two-thirds of the votes went to it's an 11. It's a wow. great film. Wow. Uh, not, I'll say this, not many votes. Uh, okay. So this could it could speak to people who saw it probably saw it a while ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. and have had it. I don't think it's something that's still in the public consciousness. I'll put it that way. Uh, with so sixty six percent, it's a really high number as far as our things go. It's a great film. Seventeen percent good film. Eleven uh, percent okay film. Six percent poor film. Georgia, what did our Patreon backers have to say? Well, only one Patreon backer has actually submitted anything, which I think speaks again to this film. Wow, is it is it Dwayne Smith? It is Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith, for the second time, <laughs> is having the entirety of the Patreon vote to himself. Well done, well done. Wow. Yep. He only watched, I think, like this weekend. Yeah, wow. he said, so I managed to watch this for the first time today. I'm sure a teenage me would have loved it and probably would have quoted it to death. Current me likes it for sure, but 
but I don't quite feel it lives up to the hype. But then I have seen the format reproduced multiple times. It's very clever in its satirization of the industry. The members of the band and the entourage brilliantly send up a variety of musicians and music industry stereotypes. Some of the interview tangents are hilarious, and you guys know I love a tangent. My favourite part is parts where the ongoing deaths of the drummers um when the guy got stuck in the pod and of course the multiple guitars and the amp that goes up to 11 scene i'm not going to give this 11 but i am giving it blank okay great thanks very much uh dwayne smith Dwayne Smith. can't really do the voice of the people this week because it's more like are you the voice of dwayne smith <laughs> so it's not the same thing um let's take a look at the fledgling fandom i'm assuming it will be equally not you, Pip. I'm assuming it will be equally kind of sparse. Um, Resident Posty Russell says, big fan of this iconic movie. I thought he would be. I've seen many of the famous scenes and knew most of the lines before I even sat down to watch it the first time. The songs are all fantastic. My favorite scene is the guitar scene with Nigel. The sustain. Listen to it. Um, we've got uh, It's a Musical Podcast, Danny and Drew, who say, yes, you took it up to 11. I love a good mockumentary, but this is a perfect rockumentary. Full of laughs, it doesn't disappoint, it's so quotable. I love saying, hello, Cleveland, at any opportunity. Carlo from the Movie Loot says, haven't seen it in a while, but I remember liking it a lot. Weird note, my introduction to Spinal Tap was through The Simpsons. I didn't know who they were, so it was strange to have seen the parody of the parody first. <laughs> anyway, I think the, stole, the whole Stonehenge bit is my favorite part um Dwayne has commented on it so i will pass that one and then insufferable bastards podcast great name this is hilarious <laughs> <we> rename hilarious <laughs> monumental <laughs> hilarious monumentally influential goat for sure i think he likes it <laughs> so that is that so um all that's left to do now is give a uh, hour rating on this but before that if you like this film or episode what else might you like i think we said almost famous which we've both done and Mm -hmm. covered yeah uh you might like uh the american vandal series on uh netflix which is just definitely it's it's a great mockumentary series and takes the format of a a more polished documentary but works with it i show it to a lot of my students as i go forward or if you like the idea of this who's a character where the documentarian that's what we're looking for the documentarian almost becomes a character in a documentary themselves check out anything michael moore's done Mm-hmm. Yeah, as far as like a, a straight version thereof, where he becomes a character in his own doc. Uh, I think everybody should watch Sicko. I think Sicko is Bowling for Columbine's the one he seems to the most talk about. I think Sicko is the best thing he's ever done. Did so he start did there. Fahrenheit nine eleven. Did he? Do that? Yep. Yeah. And then he did Fahrenheit eleven nine. Did he? Yeah, there's another one. So oh, wow. yeah, so there we go. Um, let's take a look now at uh, our ratings. Ratings. Let's start with Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I've said quite a lot. I I found it to be really quite inaccessible to the humour and to the stereotypes. It was parried, par, par, parodying. Um, I not only did I find some of it inaccessible, I found some of it to be completely rude and just not funny. Um, it is not my type of humour. I did not enjoy the jokes. A couple of things I did find funny, they cut away from really quickly, as if they weren't sure if they were funny. So that frustrated me um i didn't care about the characters because i didn't see them as parodies of other people because i'm not into that sort of music so i could couldn't even connect with them in that way um like i said i mean i enjoy the fact that it spawned the mockumentary style i think because that is can can be really clever and can be very very funny 
but this I just didn't connect with in the slightest and I found it really really frustrating um and I know that there's going to be people going what on earth do you mean like Pippin um (laughs) but it's just not my thing I just can't connect with it and I think it's going to be one of those moments where it's like you a lot of people won't be able to understand why i don't find it funny but then i can't understand why people do find it funny so it's going to be one of those it might have to be a agree to disagree and for all of those reasons i am giving it three and a half wow wow wowzers I'll be honest it's a half mark however i was predicting so (laughs) and the half mark is for the fact that there were sometimes little bits i went that's kind of funny or and those sorts of things but it just wasn't anything that got sustained laughs out of me it was for a comedy it wasn't funny sustained so, <laughs> again that's one of the funnier bits that they jump from it really quickly they don't let it breathe which again is funny because it's sustained but like yeah yeah um let's go ahead and go with liam okay this might surprise a few people because i am heavily into my music and i own a music shop music and toy shop Retro records and toys. For all your retro needs. <laughs> um, this didn't really land too well with me. Um, I felt it was too too mushy and messy with most of the scenes because they were talking over each other and arguing over each other. And the other people in the scenes who were trying to improvise wasn't really getting in with the improvisation of it. Um, the music I love, take the words out of it because it's supposed to be a parody, it's just the sound and a feeling you get from it. Um, would I turn this up to 11? No. <laughs> I'm going to give this instead a seven. Seven notches on the amp. All right. Yeah. Did you even give it like a, a thing? Or did you give that, no. No, that little F's given that you... <laughs> That's fine. You know, absolutely. I just, it's, it's just it's just <laughs> messy and immature and comes across as not and unprofessional. I gotta be honest. I looked over while we were watching it, and I'm like, yeah, she's not liking no. it. <laughs> you could have said three and a half fingers in the air. <laughs> um, Ethan, uh, I think I probably like this the most out of everyone so far, just because I I have an appreciation, and it's nothing to do with my dad. Because when I first watched this, I was like, I don't really get it, and it took me like a second watch to understand more of the humor, and especially as I as I learned more about music history. Um, I do find this really funny, and the music uh, is is stellar, but this probably would have been better if it was like a mini-series comedy sketch show and you got more time to actually do jokes instead of just riffing for an hour and 20 minutes. Um, with that aside, it inspires so much, and I really do enjoy this. Uh, so I'm going seven and a half poorly constructed small sandwiches out of 11. <laughs> wow. Not much meat in there. <laughs> no, it is if you fold it. It's better if you fold it. <laughs> yeah, but the bread breaks. You don't have to fold the bread. <laughs> um, I often talk about films that somehow end up being greater than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. This film feels like it's somehow less than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. When I break it down, like this should work. Like it's got quotable moments. Yep. Um, the songs are great. The songs are really, really great. I find some of the caricatures to be really, really funny. Mm-hmm. But I still sat there going, "Is this what they're? Is this what everybody's been going on about? Yeah, this." And it's not because I already knew all the jokes. 
Uh, although I thought the 11 was going to be much cooler. Like they were going to go ahead and like and plug in and then turn it yeah, up yeah. and be like, yeah. yeah. And to be a call. I, people make a huge deal. It's, I felt about that the way I feel about the scene in Say Anything where the guy holds the, the, the boombox. Boom box. Yeah. Because everyone references that. And it mm-hmm. means nothing in the story no, in the grand no. scheme. It's not the big moment where she forgives him. It's just, it's just a cool moment. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, I'm going to go. Oh, I, I, I I had a. I was fighting between two numbers, and then I looked one up, and I went, "That's what I gave Men in Black." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "This is not a better film than Men in Black." I'll go out and save it. This, so I'm going to go with. I'm really surprised to hear myself say this, but this is um, six and a half tours where wow. you're ever support act to a puppet wow. show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> out of ten, it's funny. That's yeah. the thing. It's funny, but I'm sitting there going, "There's, a, there's no story." No. There's a very loose, like, Yoko Ono, she breaks up the band thing, but nothing's given time to breathe so you actually feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, the only scene that we get of any meaning with Harry Shearer in it is the bit where they're trying to figure out what do you want to do after you're done. But even that, like, two minutes later, they're going against their word. I get there's some humor in the fact you said this, but there's not even, like, at no point do we see Shearer thinking about it. It's just... and. He's not even given a say to bring the other guy back on stage. It's just the blonde guy yeah. who gets that call. Yeah. Like so many things that are story. Like I imagine there's like amazing stuff. that if you could put out like a three hour version of it, you could cover a lot more areas. But I was just sitting here going, because keep in mind, it's 80 minutes. And how much of that did we lose to musical performances, which I thought were great. Yeah. But probably best 10 to 12 minutes. The best part in it. Yeah. And it's yeah. the best part. Yeah. But then, you know, there's these areas you could go to and like Ian gets to come back, but that happens off screen. Yeah. You should show a bit more heart. I mean, oh. it was a little bit towards the end, but I, we- this is like when I watched the British version of the office for the first time and I wanted to like it so much more than I was. And yeah. I'm like, why isn't this better? Why is everybody like so popular about it? Well, why is everybody so a fan of this? So if you're out there going, you guys are crazy. I'm, what didn't I get? <laughs> Let me know. Cause I, I don't, I love, and it's not even that era. I love absurdist. Like, these guys are contemporaries of Monty Python. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They have a very sort of absurdist viewpoint towards things. This could have been played for... Maybe I'm looking for a slicker production and the handheld rough... Mock- I love mockumentary. The first ever promotional video I did was a mockumentary. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where characters acted as as the characters. It was the play with, within the play. Yeah. And they were doing their thing as like it was a promotional piece for the the play within the play. It was very clever. <laughs> um I I, I I so thought this was gonna be better than it was. Yeah, I did. And I even bought it. Like I bought this DVD when the pandemic was on, going, oh, I gotta watch this as Spinal Tap sometime. I hear it's great. So it is, as Georgia just recently just showed me a second ago, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I'm like, Incredible. I don't get the issue that 95% of people would think it's a good movie. I don't get that. But when you start about 95%, you think it's like rarefied air, like one of the great, people call it the greatest, like the funniest film that ever was. Do you think that rating is um, males between? <laughs> that was the question I was going to ask. Yeah. Does this movie skew male heavy? And the answer has got to be yes. without oh, yeah. question, <laughs> yes. Of course it does, yeah. Because I think Ethan said his mum doesn't get what the, what, what the fuss was about or something yeah my mom like hey my dad would just quote it all the time when he was watching it and she hated it maybe that's our problem yeah, maybe we're not masking in. enough maybe everyone this was is... having those from like the patreon and from on twitter they've all been male like so it's yeah it's, speaking of which we still got it here what oh, dwayne smith give it 
He gave it not 11, he gave it 6. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. So wow. I think there's something about when you have, I think there is something about this. I think people who like this saw this a while back. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. And maybe we want more from our storytelling. Maybe whatever. This is, I mean, this puts us, this puts us, it's better than Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> better than Bonnie and Clyde. Liam, I gave this the same ranking as Bonnie and Clyde. I would rather watch Bonnie and Clyde. Bo- oh, thank you. Bonnie and Clyde's another film where I walked away going, I should like this more than I do. Yeah. And I but just again, don't. I watched it as a kid and I researched the history and yeah. everything else. So uh, better than Jurassic World, <laughs> which none of you were here for. No. Uh, marginally worse than Austin Powers. I can't believe we were in that low of Austin Powers. That yeah. was probably me as well. No, I, I, like I mean, no one gave it more than a seven. Liam and I were the highest for sevens. Like no yeah, one really yeah. went high with it. And you were the, you and the patrons are the lowest at five and a half on yeah. that one. So, you know, uh, higher than Empire Records. This is a better film than Empire Records. I yeah. prefer Empire Records. I prefer Empire Records. Really? Uh, yeah, you both gave it a higher grade. Uh, yeah. Ethan and I both went under on that one, as did the patrons. Oh, I, was so. more, I was more on the show. I think the role of women <laughs> is worse in Empire Records than it is in this. At least there's more of them. There's a story. Yeah, and there's stories. It's not a great story, but there's a story. Yeah. And they rush it. But anyway, so that's more or less where we sit on this. So all that's left for us to do now is talk about what we're going to do next week. Before we do that, again, our thanks go out to Reverend Bruce, Julene, Hermes, Dwayne Smith, Katie McRae, Reverend Ian Davies, Lena Oberholzer, Chris Peterson, Randall, what's your handle, Silva, the <laughs> Yeetmeister, you Nate the Great. Reverend Ian Davies. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've given him, it's Lena, it's our, oh, they're, they're. there's a mistake, I think I'm well, maybe he's like, you know, the ensign who's also the chaplain. <laughs> so that's Ensign Ian Davies, Lena Oberholzer, Chris Peterson, Randall Silva, the Yeetmeister, Nate the Great, Cheesy with a Fish on a Bike, Andy Dixon, and Holly... Callan. Thank you, Holly. Hey, Callan. I thought you were going to say with a fish on a bike as well. No. So thank you very much. And if you want to know how you can help us, how you can keep the lights on, the lights are now on because it got pretty dark as we were recording uh, here at the Studio of Awesomeness. That's patreon.com slash BFE. Again, it's patreon.com slash BFE. We kept it simple for you. So all that's left to do now is talk about what we're going to do next week. And maybe for a, a film about music, uh, maybe... Ooh. Uh, that was this week. We did a film about music. Oh, I thought you did another one. Maybe we should have asked, do you have sheet music for this? Oh. Because without question, this week, we Wait. didn't have it. But next week, we might be having the time of our life. <gasps> oh! You didn't. It's the 35th anniversary of Dirty Dancing. Hey! <laughs> no, nope. I was like, thirty-fifth anniversary of Dirty Dancing. We didn't do it at the fifty at the fifty thousand because we didn't get there in time for the no, anniversary. No, no, no. But it was already. Uh, I was quite surprised me. to look it down and go, "Oh, it's on the line." No, no, it was one that's it's worth talking about for sure. Absolutely it's worth talking about. Absolutely worth talking about. So uh, it's a cultural icon. It is a cultural it, yeah. now. Whereas one skews boy heavy, this movie skews girl heavy. Oh, I love this. No, well, you all that you tend to go that direction as well when we oh, talk about movies. Yes, yeah, yeah, there's I also do. very interesting commentary in this that will be more and more relevant even in the last couple of months. So, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So there's all sorts of stuff um, to unpack there about a film that I feel has magical powers over women. Mm-hmm. You know, the song "Red Red Wine." <laughs> this film the music of abba these are things that just generally every woman seems to like i've discovered they do yeah. so, that's great i really want to go to abba voyage 
Sorry. So there I'm we go. Open to next year. So I feel uh, like my that essence is, is what we are doing <laughs> next uh, week. Oh, so if you want to help choose a movie, uh, join us here on the pod. Talk about it for the end game. All that fun stuff. Check out all the options we have at patreon.com slash BFE. Your vote could be like Dwayne Smith's. You yeah, could. Yeah. You could heavily direct the rating. In this case, he actually fell in line with us. But <laughs> the power he could have had, if he gave it a 10, like that would have we would 11. have to say it comes yeah. much all the way to 11. Yeah. It's got much, much higher than it did. Exactly. So there's opportunities a foot. Also, if you're on our Patreon, one of our Patreon backers, make sure you get signed up for that uh, Fantasy Football League if you want in because I'm yeah, sending I'm out the guys. messages to other podcasts next week. Yeah. So, uh, Please join us next week when we tackle the Patrick Swayze, Jennifer Gray cultural landmark. Oh, I can't wait for this. That is Dirty Dancing, where nobody puts baby in a corner. I love it. <laughs> For best film ever, I've been Liam. I've been Liam. I've been Ethan. And I've been Georgia. And again, we want to say, go to Spotify, go to Apple yeah. Podcasts, yeah. give us five stars. And if you can yeah. find a way to make it so... Crank it up all the way to 11. (laughs) We'll catch you on the flippity flop. The flippity flip flop.